Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! What the hell are we doing? Uh, we're wrapping some shit up here. We sure as hell are. What are we wrapping up? We are wrapping up the entire book of Psalms. Hank something. <laughs> I've, I heard somebody use the word void recently. Think void or think, think the void. void. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I kind of like, like that. that. I like that. Yeah. Think Spock, maybe? I like Spock. Spock. Spock's Spock's a good character. Yeah. So, I don't know. I find myself saying thank goodness a lot. Thank goodness? Yeah. Maybe we just thank us, because we're the ones finishing it. Yes. 
<laughs> Thank you, husband. <laughs> Thank you, wife. Oh, All right, so good. we're doing contradiction. No, no, that's tomorrow. Fuck. Good grief. I'm, I'm, I'm a little off here. Yeah, no, Shit. we're doing the wrap-up. Yeah, we're doing the wrap-up. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready to get into this? I am. Are you? I, I think so. Let's okay, do it. Okay. Okay, so we are going to talk a little bit about the Book of Psalms. Just a little bit about the Book of Book of Psalms. Are you okay over there? I'm having a a, a bit of a, a word seizure. Daffy duck. Yeah. <laughs> Porky pig. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not a lot because. We covered a lot of this before we went into it, and then we covered a lot of it as we went along through it. Well, and it's hard to wrap up somewhat mm-hmm. because it's not a story. Yeah. It's a bunch of small songs. Vignettes. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's just... Exactly. It is what it is. So some of this will be um, things that we've said before, but not all of it. Okay. Some of it is new information. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So let's talk about authorship. Sure. David? David. Yeah. <laughs> Next subject. I'm just kidding. Um, The authorship of most of the Psalms is anonymous, although tradition has long attributed the entire collection to King David. Oh, except for the ones that they attribute to, like, Adam. Yeah. Or Moses or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. It is possible, but not probable, that David may have written some of them. I highly doubt that, even. Yeah, me too. I don't think he wrote any of them. I don't think he did either. I mean, I'm just saying... He, he was it, not... There's this obsession with David, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the obsession caused the Psalms to be written with him in mind mm-hmm. and therefore then later attributed to him. Right. Instead of saying this is about him, um, it went from this is about him to this is him saying these words to, oh, yeah, and he wrote it. Right, right. Like, it was a three-step process. Now, obviously, we don't know that for a fact. No, but that's just, just how it feels to me. I don't think that David could do everything. Come on. <laughs> he you sure know? as hell didn't kill Goliath, so. No. So I'm just, I'm over it. I'm, I got nothing to say about David. Right, right. Anyway, it is clear that the 150 individual psalms were written by many different people across a period of a thousand years. Okay. In Israel's history. Got it. So, yeah, he didn't write them all. Right, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. He maybe wrote a few. I mean, that one that I liked, the one with all the animals and everything, Mm -hmm. and that one, he didn't write that one. No. I know he didn't write that one. No, he did not. Although some of the Psalms are probably as old as the time of King David, not until a relatively late period was the entire collection gathered and organized in the form in which it has been preserved. Okay. The book of Psalms is the third longest book in the Bible. Um, The first one is Jeremiah, which... Will be coming up on. Okay. And the second is Genesis. Oh, okay. Which I didn't realize, or if yeah. I if we did say that at the time, I've long forgotten that fact. Got it. So we've got two of the three longest books out of the way. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And hopefully Jeremiah won't be Dollsville. I hope not. I mean, he's supposed to be like one of those prophet guys, so surely he's got some story to tell. Right. Right. It, fingers crossed. There's only one way to find out. Right. And right. Straight through it. So. Um, the next section I'm going to cover is just kind of like a summary, like, what is the book of Psalms? What's the deal? Yeah. It's, and it's, uh, what is it about? It's their rock and their shelter. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The book of Psalms is a collection, 
as we know, yeah. of poems, hymns, and prayers that express the religious feelings of Jews throughout the various periods of their national history. Okay. They are difficult to classify. I mean, Duh. they all praise God a lot. But not all of them. Most of them. Right. But there is one that doesn't. Also, there's some stomping in people's in enemies' blood. Yes. So there's that too. Yes, and throwing babies against rocks. Right, right. Yes. So they are difficult to classify because of the wide variety of experiences, mood, and sentiments reflected in them as well as the background and historical situation from which the different ones were produced. Right. So what was happening at the time they were being written versus what was happening that they were writing about. Got it. So. Sure. All kinds of different um, influences. Yeah. As a whole, the Book of Psalms may be regarded as a kind of epitome of the entire range of the Hebrews' religious life. It has been said that if all the rest of the Old Testament were lost, the essential faith of the Israelite people could be recovered from this single book. Oh, man. That, That's interesting. I would not want to see that religion. No, I would I not feel, either. I feel like it's very dark and mm -hmm. and sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Same. And angry. Yeah. Not yeah. just bitter, like angry. Now, I see how you could pull from it. Right. The essentials, if, right? If but, you if you like already know the story and then you were like, oh shit, every old testament everywhere suddenly disappeared except for the book of Psalms. Sure. Like you, you could piece it together with what you already know. Right. From, but if you just use Psalms as a basis for a religion, mm, I feel like it would not go well. It would not go well. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. The book of Psalms, this is important. I want you to remember this because it will come up later okay okay yeah the wife's pointing at me so it must be important it's very important <laughs> the book of psalms is sometimes called tehillim which means book of praises or bible within the bible because it covers all the major themes of the bible story okay okay, okay. So just remember that sure okay a majority of the biblical psalms are devoted to expressing praise or thanksgiving to God, mm -hmm. although the tone oscillates from joyous celebration to solemn hymn to bitter protest. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Right. Many of the psalms repeat episodes of Israel's history, as we said, especially the story of Israel's exodus from Egypt and its arrival in the promised land. Yeah. But I disagree with that assessment i think that we learned more about the post-exilic or yeah. ex after the exile right, right right i think that was spoken of more in the psalms yeah. than the story of them leaving egypt and going to Canaan. right there was only there was only a few about the about that that i recall right so I I don't know I I saw that assessment and I copied it into my notes. But here's the other side of that too. A lot of it. So a lot of these were about the you know naysayers against um, um, Israel, right? Mm -hmm. And what God should do to those people, right? Right. Yeah. And so you could take that to mean times during the um, the ex or the uh, Exodus, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it would it would cover that. You could you could interpret it to cover that as well the as the post-exilic period. Yeah, that's true. That so. is true. Um, another category of psalms includes laments or supplications in which the author requests relief from his physical suffering and his enemies. We yeah. saw a lot of that. A lot of that. 
The book of Psalms is one of the most diverse books of the Bible as the Psalms deal with a wide variety of topics. God and his creation, war, worship, wisdom, sin and evil, judgment, justice, and the coming of the Messiah. Okay. All of these points notwithstanding, five major types of Psalms have been identified. And I did try to identify these as I went along. Sure. So. Some of it will be repeated. Right. As to what we've already heard. Well, what I was going to say is apologies for the times I didn't point them out. Oh, okay. But um, the five types of Psalms are hymns, which those are the songs, songas. Right. Communal laments, individual laments, Thanksgiving Psalms, and royal Psalms. Got it. So I think that for the most part, I talked about those five as we went through. Maybe you maybe if if anything early on, maybe you didn't say them as much as you did later. Right. But as I learned more about what the Psalms were. It was a repeating theme that started Mm -hmm. coming up. So Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. I mean, we definitely don't know what we don't know. Right. You know, right. Definitely. But in researching, sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I gotta go back to the beginning and redo my notes yeah yeah and i don't do that with podcasting because you can't just go like 10 episodes <laughs> back and be like Wee. we're gonna throw an edit in here that that's not our style by the bye by no. so now let's talk a little bit about the style a very little bit because please sure Unlike Roman poetry, in which rhythm and meter are structured around a pattern of stressed syllables, which, you know, poetry like we like today. Sure. You know, we like a strong um, rhythm and we like it to rhyme correctly and we like it to have a pattern. Yeah. We want our poetry to make sense. I mean, there's like that loosey-goosey stuff that's kind of like... interpretation that doesn't rhyme but it still but has even a then mood. the delivery has mm-hmm. a cadence to it, it a has cadence a, thank you so i mean yeah. it's not just and and that's hard like even if they did have a cadence initially with the psalms we don't know what that cadence was we right. don't know how it was meant to be delivered exactly so it's hard to pick up on that aspect of the poetry of those psalms if that is something that was involved in it exactly no thank you for using that word that's perfect sure um, biblical poetry, as opposed to that structure, is largely based on pairings of versets. And a verset is a segment or half of a verse and line. And usually it's only a handful of words long. Okay. So we would see them say something like, somebody ate the hot dog. The hot dog was eaten by somebody. Right. You know what I mean? That that would be a verset. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Where... They parallel each other. And that style is called actually parallelism. Okay. So these are versets and the style is parallelism. Got it. Okay. Um, where the second verset, the second line reiterates or expands upon the ideas of the first. So it might be um, the hot dog was eaten by somebody. The hot dog eaten by somebody was delicious. Got or it. something like that. Right, right. Or that that delicious hot dog was indeed eaten. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something I'm I'm being a little ridiculous on purpose because <laughs> it's not about a hot dog. Obviously. Right. Obviously. I'm just trying to provide examples for the class. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now I have three little bits of trivia beyond what we already know, which is things like um we already know that. The book of Psalms was divided into five books. Correct. 
And we know that that is meant to, or that it is thought that that is meant to duplicate the Pentateuch. Okay. Yeah. Do you recall that? Um, I do. Now that you say it, I wouldn't have recalled it on my own. Okay. Well, so, recall it. I'm recalling it. Okay. It's recalled. Okay. Another point of trivia. Yeah. Psalm 88 is the only psalm that ends without some kind of praise or hope in God. Mm. And I don't recall that. Yeah. But I find it interesting. Right. Yeah. There's 150 psalms and of those only one doesn't end with a thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Psalm 117, if you recall, is the shortest psalm with only two verses. Right. And Psalm 119 is the longest with 176 verses. Yeah. The Psalms, this, this is interesting, which I had noted this myself, but that it's pointed out made me feel good for like understanding this thing. Okay. The Psalms are one of the very few books used in both Christian and Jewish worship regularly. They are referenced regularly. Yeah. And you can't say that about a lot else. Right. Right. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So now are you ready for a very short pop quiz? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Why not? I fully expect that we will fail these because sometimes they're like, which psalm? Right. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. literally, I, I'm so bad at numbers. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So, good luck. Okay. Where would you find these verses? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Okay, and I have a multiple choice here. Okay. 119. One, one seventeen, and one twenty-one. Uh, I'm gonna go with one nineteen, and is that correct? Okay, we don't know till the end. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry, I was plugging it in. I wasn't sure if this was one that would tell us now or if we got it. Find out. At yeah, the I was end. like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I'm being quiet. Don't you know? Okay, Psalms is divided into six sections, each with a different emphasis. True or false? False. Where would you find this verse in the Protestant Bible? And the reason that that is specified is because let us not forget that various Bibles have different numbering. And so um, when you look up a psalm number, you have to know which type, which Bible you're right. talking about. Yeah, yeah. As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Is that chapter or Psalm 117, verse 2, Psalm 41, verse 1? Psalm 42, verse 1, or Psalm 44, verse 9? I'm going to go with the first one, 117. Sure. I have no idea. I don't either. Okay, number four. Which of the following was not a known writer of a psalm as attributed in the Bible? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Abraham, Moses, Solomon, or all of these wrote a psalm? Abraham. Okay. Okay. Interlude, also called Salah, Appears 71 times in Psalms, yet the meaning is unclear. True or false? True. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. What two Psalms did David write during Absalom's rebellion? Fuck if I know. Right? 3 and 7, 142 and 57, 34 and 56, or 18 and 51? I'm going to go with C. C is usually the right answer, right? Sure. Yeah, I I don't fucking know. I could not even tell you. Okay, we might get this one. Okay. What is the shortest psalm? Wasn't it 117? It was. 
your other choices were 119, 133, and 134. Got it. Got it. Okay. Which of these verses is not messianic, meaning it doesn't mention the Messiah? I okay. Fail. Right. Um, <laughs> because we have no clue, I'm not going to read the verses. I'm only going to read the psalm number because it just doesn't fucking matter. Right, right, right. Okay. 34, 16, 16, or 2? I'm going to go with 2. Okay. I would have gone with one of the 16s. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you want me to change it? Nope. Okay. Number 9. The 23rd Psalm was written by Solomon. True or false? True. Sure. No fucking clue. No clue. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is going to be like the worst quiz we've ever taken because I, I there's like no fucking way. I'm, you would have to study... So much to know this shit. I think it's stupid to have to know which psalm. Like, give me the, what what kind of things were said? What kind of things right. happened? Yeah, this quiz is crap. Yeah, like, this is stupid. <laughs> Number 10. Stick with us, just in case we say something really funny. Yeah. I mean, we got to see how badly we failed it. I know yeah. we've got a few right. Right, yeah. Number 10, in which psalm would you find this verse? Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I do remember that. I, I remember, remember the, the words. verse, but yeah. I don't remember which psalm. Right, right. 118, 121, 119, or 117? I'm going to go with 118. That's the one I was going to go with. Let's hope that's right. Yeah. Number 11, the psalmists also, no, let me rephrase that. The psalmists often demanded God's justice and vengeance against an enemy. Yes. Yes. All the fucking time. All the fucking time. Jesus, they were fucking murderous mm -hmm. bastards. Number 12. Which of the following psalms is attributed to Solomon? Oh, 72, 70, 73, 71. <laughs> 72. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. In what psalm... Yeah. I, I just don't know. Just pick one. Okay. In what psalm would you find the following verses? I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock. Oh, I know. All of them. All of them. All right. of the above. Okay. So do you want me to pick 16, 18, 121, or 37? 37. Sure. Why not? Are you having trouble finding 37? Oh, no, I accidentally hit hint and it crossed two of them out. Oh. And 37 was one of them. Oh, okay. So then pick one of the other ones. 18 or 121. Let's go with eight, eight, 121. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. My pinky accidentally oh, hit Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wrote this verse found in Psalm 27 verse 1? The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord protects David. me from... I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what I would have guessed. <laughs> like didn't he write them all that's what my understanding right how many psalms are there 150 that one Very i know i got good. right yeah th these two are ones that you have to answer it's not multiple choice oh okay yeah right. yeah yeah we got some wrong okay um number one was where would you find these verses i look up to the mountain who cares blah 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 yeah we picked 119 the correct answer was 121 who okay cares? yeah Okay, the next one, Psalm is divided into six sections. We picked false, and that is correct. Right, because it's five. Because it's five. Right. <sighs> we messed this one up. Damn it. Where would you find this verse? And I'm not yeah, going to read the verse. Matter. Nope, we got that wrong. Right. Okay. Number four, which of the following was not a known writer of a psalm as attributed in the Bible? Abraham. We got that right. Got that right. right. Yep. Ooh, here's another one we got right. Interlude, also called Salah, Appears 71 times in the Bible, yet the meaning is unclear. Yeah. True. Right. Yep. You got that one right. 
Womp, womp. We got this one wrong. What two psalms? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, number seven. We got this one correct. What is the shortest psalm? And it's 117. 117. Yeah. Yep. Which of these verses? We got it wrong. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we got this one wrong. The 23rd Psalm was written by Solomon. Okay. That's whatever. We we wrote true and it was false. We oh. should have known that David wrote them all. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. In which Psalm? We got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 11. The psalmist often demanded God's justice and vengeance against an army. True. We put fuck yeah. Yeah. And that's that is correct. Be right. yeah. yeah. Which of the following Psalms is a is attributed to Solomon. We guessed correctly on that one. Awesome. 72. Yeah. That's awesome. We don't deserve it. And no, I don't but care. I'll take it. Yep. In what psalm? We got it wrong. Yeah, of course. <laughs> who wrote this verse? blah 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 Of course, we guessed David because yeah. who cares what it is? Right. He wrote all of them, right? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Was it David? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Is it Psalms? David. Yeah. Psalms? David. Always, Always David. David. Never not David. Right. How many psalms are there? 150. 150. We didn't even have to use multiple choice on that. Yeah. Okay. We got an 8 out of 15. That's not bad. That's over the, half. The average score is 9 out of 15. Fuck those average people. Right? I don't I don't buy that for a minute. Maybe. I mean, I get. Who are these average people? Well, I didn't say they were average. I said the average score. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Well, okay. Let's. Let's look at this, though. We're taking the quiz for funsies. Yeah. Right? We're yeah. not like avid. Oh, probably a lot of people take it because they're studying the Bible. And right. Shit. And they're I mean, like, actually trying. I mean, like, we are kind of studying the Bible. But they're trying. Got it. Like, yeah. we're not trying. Right. Was we it, did not study. Also, was it an open book test or not? Um, I don't know. It, I mean, not We could have very easily but open booked it. But we're trying to go off of memory and understanding and discussion. Right, right. And we are not good at any of those, apparently. No, and besides, we, we read these books over the period of like a month or two mm -hmm. so how the fuck are we supposed to remember all that shit we're not it's just fun to see like what we retain and how well we do yeah. against other people who actually give a shit right right so we only missed one less than people who are actually studying this stuff right so right. i feel good about that yeah all right well that is it okay well that does it for this episode of uh our wrap up for the Book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms, yeah. Yes. And we will be back tomorrow with the episode I like to call Contradictions. And I like to call You're Always Wrong, because you're always wrong. <laughs> we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Husband. Wife. What are we doing today? We're doing Contradictions for no. shit. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No? We're doing, you're always wrong. But it's contradictions. Mm -hmm. It's it's just the contradictions. Yeah. And and that's the episode. That's what I'm going to call it. It's the game. It's the contradictions episode. It's the game where I ask you a question and it doesn't matter what you answer because the Bible has contradictions. You're always wrong. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, we're doing that episode for the book of Psalms because we're done with Psalms and Psalms are behind us and we are done with Psalms. You know what I'm right about? What? We're about to go do this now. Yep. Let's go do it. Okie dokie.
Okay, let's get into this. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. First question. Yeah. Is God the creator of evil? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Yes, that is correct because, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam, blah, 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 it says in First Kings. Yeah. And then, behold, this king is of the evil Lord. No, wait, this evil is of the Lord. <laughs> Sorry, I fucked that up. And that's in Second Kings. Uh-huh. And then, what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? And that's in Job. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, those are the ones that... Corroborate your answer, but guess what? Mm, You're what? always wrong. Fuck. Because no, no, God is not the creator of evil. No? No, according to Psalms, which we just read. Yeah. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. Mm. So okay. I don't know that that's that necessarily really, yeah. a contradiction, but it does kind of say he brings evil and he puts it on you versus he doesn't like that stuff. But I find that, that Christians in general don't like it when you're like, yeah, but God created all the evil. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah. you can't get around that because either he created everything or he didn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if he created everything, then he created evil. Right. I don't think he created shit, personally. Same, same, same. But if you're going to say that he did. You can't have it both ways. Right. Believers. Yeah. You got to pick one. Exactly. Like husband did. Even yeah, if you're I'm, always wrong. I'm, I just picked one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and I should say, I should have said this beforehand, some of these questions might be ones that I've asked before. Okay. Um, We're getting to the point now that we're halfway through the Bible, or halfway through the Old Testament at least. Sure. That um, when, where some of the questions will overlap with books we've already read. Yeah. That sure. we came up with answers to, but now we have further reason to say. Right. These are, But these are specifically contradictions that we're finding in Psalms, Psalms. and prior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean. That's what I'm saying. Some of these questions will overlap, and I don't remember which ones I've already asked. Yes. Yeah. No. So, we're going to have questions that I already said. Yes. Um, the answer is yes, because according to Kings, blah, blah, blah. But no, because according to Genesis, blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously, this is, but this is the Psalms contradiction. Yes, all of these will have a base in Psalms in addition to anything else that I may or may not sure. have already asked. Sure. I just wanted to clarify in case somebody's like, you already asked that. Right. I probably did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Number two, where does God dwell? Do you want multiple choice? Um. Yes. Okay. You can say he dwells in Zion or you could say he dwells in the heavens. He also dwells in other places that we haven't read yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go with the majority of the time that we've been listening or that we've been reading the Bible, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with Zion because he's dwelled in the ark and on the tabernacle and in the temple, and he killed Uzzah that one time because you know he tipped over the or he tried to stop the ark from tipping over. Like he's always there, you know. Like that's that's what they say. Right, and you would think so because in Psalms it does say the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. And it also says his dwelling places in Zion. And it also says for the Lord hath chosen Zion. He lives there. It's habitation. This is my rest forever. Here I will dwell. So that's all from various Psalms. Right. Okay. But you're always wrong. Oh, shit. He dwells in the heavens. Mm. Also according to Psalms. Yeah. God dwells in the heavens. Unto you I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest. 
in the heavens. Okay. So, I mean. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember them saying yeah. both of those things. So, yeah. I already knew I was going to be wrong with that one, like, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Because we had talked about it. Because we talked about both of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. You were like, shit, man, this guy's everywhere. He lived in a tent for a while. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, and I said he was a column of smoke for a bit, yeah. too. So. But I was going to, I mean, I was just going with the majority of time thus far. And I feel like the majority of time thus far has been said that he spends his time mm-hmm. on the Ark and Zion, you know, sitting on that fucking throne or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. And, and believers, Christians would tell you that the answer is both because he's all around right, and lives right. everywhere. So yeah, it's sure. not a contradiction. I'm sure there's some metaphorical blah, 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 whatever thing. That, because sometimes it's literal and sometimes it's metaphorical and you're supposed to know the difference except that nobody can agree and the different factions of Christianity all argue amongst themselves. So how the fuck am I supposed to know if even y'all don't have, have your shit straight? I get shit from theists all the time, Christians. Mm-hmm. And and they they always say, well, you're just not understanding how it's meant to be read. It's meant to be read metaphorically. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. I understand that there is not. It's not always a literal interpretation of what we're reading. I understand that. But the problem that I have with this is that some people do interpret it literally. My parents are part right. Of that. Right. There's a whole Southern Baptist part of the United States that takes sure. it literally. Yeah. And some people don't. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter, uh, my truth of the matter is that mm-hmm. God does not exist. Right. And that it is harmful to our society to believe that God does and then use that idea to push laws and ideas on people that are harmful. Mm-hmm. So I don't really give a fuck about your metaphors. How you read it, it doesn't matter because either way, whether you're reading it metaphorically or literally, you are putting your silliness and your belief and your your nonsense on me right. and my children. Yeah. And that's problematic when we're supposed to be a nation of people who all came from different walks of life and are free to operate in their own homes how they fucking want. So biblical metaphors can fuck right the fuck off. Yeah, I would say so. Number three, does God help in times of need? Uh, um, Do you need multiple choice? I'm going to go with no. Okay. So you're going to say no. All right. Multiple choice of yes or no. Yeah. That's why I asked, do you need multiple choice? <laughs> Sorry. I just, yes, no, maybe I'm never. Like, was I pausing that long? Did I did I stutter in my answer that long? No, you did not. Okay. All right. Um, You would think that your answer is correct because in 1 Samuel it says, And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. And then in Psalms, um, why do you stand so far off, O Lord? Why do you hide thyself in times of trouble? Right. And then also in Psalms, he says, "Um, Thou hearest me not. And why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou face from me? Mm-hmm. These are all like King James. Yeah. I mean, it, it's somewhat like whatever. It's usually yeah. like a personal account of why aren't you talking to me personally? Jesus Christ. Fuck you for not talking to me personally, God. Get over here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which which always blows me away. Like how if there is a God and if the God that is there is the same God that was in, you know, Genesis and Exodus. Like, how is he not fucking killing you? 
Who's the fuck do you think you are to make that demand is what I want to know. Right. The very audacity. I mean, based on the biblical God, yeah, like, fucking amen. Those words would never escape my mouth. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you're always wrong. Obviously. obviously. Of course he always helps the needy, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried out unto him, he heard. That you know which needy. Psalms. You know which needy he won't help. Which ones? The ones that don't worship him mm-hmm. and fear him. Right. Those are the needy ones that he won't help. Yeah. 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 Kill them. Right. Kill them all. Yeah. 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 Um, also in Psalms, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble, and the Lord is near to all who call upon Him. Like, as long as you call upon Him. Right. Except well, if you don't, because. It's not just calling upon him. You have to worship him and grovel at his feet and and literally be scared. You also have to be in the right part of the world. Right. And in the part of the world, you have to be in the right part of that country. And you should probably also have the the right color skin for whatever area you're in. And you got to burn the right kind of animal. Yes, always. (laughs) So number four, is every word of God pure? No. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. Sorry, that was just my, you know, camped base well, sure. answer. There. Yeah, your first instinct. Right, Absolutely yeah. fucking no, not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right. According to Second Kings, hath he not sent me to the men which sit on the wall that they may eat their own dung and drink their own piss with you? <laughs> yeah, that's not very pure, is it? No. No. But, you know, you're always wrong. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously. So, according to Psalms, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Mm. And then elsewhere in Psalms, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. That sounds very ethereal and beautiful. Doesn't it? Especially when I use this tone of voice. Right, 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 right. Right, right. Okay. So, who owns the earth? That's number five. I do. (laughs) this is stupid you want multiple choice i'm assuming god owns the earth it's either god or humans but there's also another answer satan but we can't read him yet because that one is in the new testament Um, all of those answers well of those i'm gonna go with god because technically i think given the fact that in the bible Mm -hmm. he flooded the entire fucking earth and killed everybody yeah i would call that a bit of ownership yeah and 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 um you know, he takes credit for the building you, the whole thing and for all of the good that happens on it. And right. We you, are his. You can't really own something if somebody can flood you and kill you. Right. I'm just right. saying. You can say so. it's yours, but you wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um, if I say that, like if I'm renting an apartment and yeah. I say this is mine and it's like, well... But is it, though? No. Like, no, you're renting. You don't have a mortgage on that. Unless, like, you bought a flat. Right, right. Then that's different. Or a condo or whatever we call those things. Sure. You know, then, yeah, that belongs to you. Right. But even then, but does it really? Because it kind of belongs to the bank. But Unless whatever. you own it outright. Unless you own it outright. But even then. The government could still requisition it or something. Could, yeah, so, if they yeah. want to build a intergalactic space, <laughs> space highway. Space byway, yeah. <laughs> Through your house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so number five, who owns the earth? And you say God. And you would think that's correct. There's lots of proofs for that. Sure. Like in Genesis, the most high God, possessor of earth and heaven. And then in Exodus, the earth is the Lord's and all the earth is mine. And then in Deuteronomy, behold, the heaven and the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, the 
Earth also with all that therein is. Oh, Jesus, that was some rough words That there. was hard. Yeah. I might have fucked it up, but <laughs> I just did it with confidence. The heavens and heavens and Lord, and yeah. Yeah, I just kept going. Right, right. Yeah. So in First Chronicles, all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. And then in Psalms even, we've got the earth is the Lord's, the world is mine, the heavens are thine, blah, 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 blah. But... You're always wrong mm, okay. because humans own the earth. Also, according to Psalms, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. I I just, I, I'm having a hard time with that one. Mm, mm-hmm, I don't, I, even though the words were said, if God were real and if the Bible were actually God's word, which obviously it's contradicted, I just, based on his actions, I can't accept that answer. Well, it's kind of like, okay, so we had um, three different cars, and so we let Kid have one, mm-hmm. but it's ours. Right. It's, it's their car for all intents and purposes, but at the end of the day, it's in our name. We pay the insurance on it. We make sure that all of the maintenance is done. We usually pay for the gas that goes into it. Right. It is our car. Yeah. I'm just saying. We're not planning on taking it back, though. No, we're not. But if Kid was in here going, it's my car, like, right. we, would, we would laugh and cackle because it's like, well, it is. And do you really want it to be yours? <laughs> <laughs> Which Kid would never do because Kid is like. Very grateful. Very grateful. Understands that it's a great privilege that they have. Sure. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I don't know, the whole. It, it's not yours if somebody else can take it away from you or destroy it because they have more power. Right. And not just take it away and destroy it, but have the social and or legal right to do so or the physical power to get away with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, okay, if God took the earth back from us, that's not exactly like legal or moral or whatever, but he has the strength and power, according to the Bible, to do that. Right. That makes it not ours. Yeah. So, no, I agree. Okay, number six. Oh, we're taking forever. We have so many opinions. <laughs> Is God merciful? I've asked this one before. No. No. You look like that Bugs Bunny meme where he goes, no. Well, I was trying to I was trying to think of a time when he was merciful. And mostly he's only merciful to people who grovel before him. And that mm-hmm. mercy is at that hard one. He, he's not merciful. He, I mean, he's not. He fucking killed Uza. I, I, I keep coming back to Uza because Uza was just trying to fucking steady a goddamn ark that yeah. was falling over. And, like, like it dude, was his first instinct. He was just, like, trying to make sure it didn't hit the ground. Like, with the American flag, you know, like, it's not supposed to hit the ground, so you, like, dive for it. You right, know, or right. Or whatever. And, and and there was that guy that was, like, picking up sticks on Sunday, fucking zapped him dead. Yeah. And then... um. Aaron's kids, they yeah. were lit the wrong type of incense or whatever and yeah. fucking killed them on the spot or whatever. And then Aaron wasn't even allowed to fucking cry about it. Right. Like, oh, don't worry. I, I mean, If you cry, is, I'll kill you too. These are only just the off the top of my head easy instances, but there's mm-hmm. lots more of those where God's like, fuck you for that, and then like punishes them immediately. Yep. You know, and I just, I can't say that he's merciful no. if there's no chance for um, redemption. Right, exactly. That's not that's not mercy. No. Especially in cases where the the infraction is such a small infraction. Right. It could be okay, I understand that God wants it to not be a small infraction. It's a big infraction because otherwise why would he kill somebody over it? Right. But they are small infractions. Yes, agreed. So 
I, I just can't accept that answer that he's merciful. No, me neither. And there are many places in the Bible where he's very cruel, unmerciful, and outright evil. Yeah. Um, he punishes children and future generations for things their parents did. Right. In Exodus. Um, he told Moses to kill people and hang their bodies on trees. That was right after he gave them the fucking, the Ten Commandments and said, thou shall not kill. And then yeah. they get down to the bottom of the thing and find out that they're making idols. And he's like, nah, go kill those fuckers. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Yep. What the fuck is that shit? You literally just gave us the law. But then, said, don't do that. But then Moses dropped it on the floor and cracked it. So did it count? <laughs> <laughs> he also commanded his followers to kill entire cities and nations, killing without pity every man, woman, infant, and suckling. Yeah, there was like one where they like one of them a pile of the bodies and that's in whatever. Deuteronomy. Like, Jesus. Christ. Christ. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pit upon them. Yeah. 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 He killed 50,000 people because some of them looked into the ark of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And that was in 1 Samuel. Mm. So, yeah. Um, he is definitely not merciful. But having said that, this is the Bible. So. Of course. You're always wrong. But I'm not. But you're not. I don't, <laughs> I don't take great pleasure in this one. According to Exodus chapter 34, uh -huh. God is kind, merciful, and good. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Mm. And then in Deuteronomy, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. And then in 2 Samuel, which, you know, we read a evil one from yeah, yeah, Samuel, yeah. but right. now we got this one. Sure. Let us fall now into the hands of the Lord, for his mercies are great. Mm. And then lots of them in First Chronicles and Psalms. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Good and upright is the Lord, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy, blah, 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 like fuck mm, off. Right, right. Yeah. So number seven, do evildoers prosper? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time this time with the you're always wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there is some um, truth to what you say. He, uh -huh. he might indeed be evil because in Job. It, the, I, I just have a, a perfect example of evil doers always prosper. Mm -hmm. Trump. I mean, that's true. Like, I mean, come on. He this fucker up. does everything wrong and does all the crimes. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet. And yet. Like, he could go to fucking jail. And he could still be president. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Both things can be true. And that is fucking just unbelievable. Yes. So, in Job, those who do evil prosper. Um, the tabernacles of robbers prosper and they provoke God. They And they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. Mm. And then in Psalms, even, there's... Proof that he is, um, or proof that the evil do prosper. Right. Um, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, they have more than heart could wish. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Mm. Okay. But you're always wrong. Well, I, I also recall some from Job where Job was asking why the evildoers always prosper. And stuff too. Oh, yeah. did you say? Okay, I said I'm Job. I'm sorry. I, I read one from Job. Didn't particularly read that one, I but apologize. yes. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, but again, um, you are always wrong. Mm. So there is obviously proof that the evil do not prosper. Sure. Proof, okay? quote 
quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah. In Psalms, which, again, one of the proofs for was in Psalms. And yeah. And reading proof against. So, right, yeah, right. From the same fucking book. Yeah. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous will be desolate. Mm, so, okay. you know, it just depends on the day. Yeah, sure. Depends on the page. Right. Yeah. Number eight. How should we treat our enemies? Do you want multiple choice? Sure. Okay. There's love them, be kind to them, and treat them well. Or there's hate them and wish them evil. Well, if you're asking which one the Bible condones, I'm going to say the hate. <laughs> which one I condone, I say love thy neighbors. Right, 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 right. But the hate, like, specifically in Psalms, I remember them fucking dancing in people's blood and letting their dogs lap up the blood and, and crazy shit. All of the ones that I took for hate yeah. come from Psalms. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So... I'm just going to read various bits. Okay? Yeah, sure. So all of these prove you correct that, yes, God um, says that um, you should treat your neighbors with hate. Got it. Or your your evil people. Your, sure. Your hate enemies. Th- hate thy neighbor. Hate thy enemy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Hate thy enemy. Sorry. Yeah. Not yeah. neighbor. These are all from Psalms. Unless okay? your neighbor is your enemy. Then, of course, you can still I hate mean, them. I mean, our neighbors are enemy, and I'm not mm. fond of them, but I don't, like, wish them dead or anything. Right. I mean, they somebody hurt right. themselves over there the other day, and we were like, what? Yeah, I okay? actually ran outside to make sure dude was okay and was like, do you need any help? And right. Yeah. But, yeah. no, he's okay. He had to go to the hospital and get stitches. But, right. I mean, I was like, let me know if I can do anything. Yeah. Because you know why? I'm a decent fucking person. Right. With morals. We don't hate them. It's just no. they have a you know Trump Buddha statue. Yeah, and they and gave us hassle over they our hassle parking us over in front parking. of our house. Yeah. I mean, we have a tiff with them, I would say. They they didn't they didn't start out with us on, on a good foot, so I wouldn't say I'm fond of them. Right. But, but they do wave at us from their yard sometimes yeah. and say hi and shit and like pretend that. Pretend so, we're friendly. And, right, right. Yeah. It's all good as long as we're all just, you know. As long as we're all Going just, along to getting along. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? Even though I don't like her and I think she doesn't like me. Yeah. I think that if I went over in an emergency, she would probably let me use her phone. Oh, or, I'm sure. You know, give me aid. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what it's about. Yeah, we're not about to break out like the McCoys and the Hatfields, you know, here McCoys or McCoys and the Hatfields? What generation are you? <laughs> Jesus Christ, how old are you? What the fuck? How did you even pull that out of your ass? I, I mean, it was on Bugs Bunny, for God's sakes. Come on. But that's what I'm saying. Like, how fucking old are you? I mean, apparently I'm ancient, I guess. I don't older know. than me, even though I'm older than you. <laughs> I mean, that's just so not something that I would pull out the way you just did. But don't you think ever. most of our listeners, the, the ones that are the same age as us, will get that reference at least? I honestly don't know. Hmm. I, I really Well, anyway, don't. for those that don't, it was a feud between families... I don't know a ton about it. But. I think that they would probably be more familiar with sharks and jets or <laughs> crips and blood. Anyway, it was like they were like in Kentucky or something. Ah, Some, Kentucky or somewhere down there. And they there was a feud between families. There was and bad there was a blood. Thing. It was on Warehouse 13, for God's sake. It was the Montagues and the Capulets. It was on Warehouse 13. It was. So it's not that random. No, I didn't say it was random. It's just... I just named so many other examples of ones that would come to mind before those. Sure, sure. And that it just really surprised me because mm. you're not always the most like literary or whatever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that sounded insulting and I didn't mean it to. It, yeah, it kind of was. 
You because I do read quite a bit. You do, but oh my god, I'm the one that makes obscure references. Oh yeah, not that I'm, that was obscure. Man, but I'm really does. sorry that I was the one that made an obscure reference. I will try to endeavor never to do that again. Oh my god, <laughs> there, I can't get out of this, can I? Anyway, hate your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, all from Psalms. Uh-huh. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord prosecute. Oh, persecute them. <laughs> you did that one read it the I first did, time. I did, I did. <laughs> let destruction come upon them unawares. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. Jesus. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Let them be as cut in pieces. Fuck. Thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies and the tongue of thy dogs in the same. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not and make their loins continually shake. Yeah. Do unto them as unto the Midianites. They became as dung for the earth. So persecute them with thy tempest. Fill their faces with shame. Let them be put to shame and perish. And I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Some okay? love here. That's all from this Psalms. Is, this is some uh, loving God shit here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are all from Psalms, my mm-hmm, friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, but I'm not even going to sing it. You're always wrong. One <laughs> 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 form. <laughs> so... Um, do evildoers prosper? Well, um, those who do evil. Um, oh wait, no, I sorry, I scrolled too far. Yeah. Sorry. How should we treat our enemies? Um, we we just went through. You should hate hate them, of course. Right. But no, right. no, you're always wrong. Okay, um, you should right, love yeah. them and be kind to them and treat them well, which is course, how yeah. we how we do. Right. Because we have morals and values. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Exodus. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our people next door have dogs, and I would take their dogs back if their dogs got out. Yeah. They got into our yard. I'm not going to pretend toss the, it's mine. Their, their kids play wiffle ball next door. We, mm-hmm. we toss the ball back over or let yeah. them come over and get it. Yeah. I. So. We have an open an opening in our fence, and they just come in and get yeah, it now. Yeah, they know we're okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I did. Tell them it's okay. Right. They didn't actually come into my yard. Right. Until no, they were I good. Them. They were good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Okay. This one's from Psalms. Oh, wait. No. Sorry. That was the only example I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there are other examples, but let us not forget we haven't read the whole Bible yet. Sure, so. sure. I mean, that's more the Jesus y thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jesus was all about loving your neighbor. At least we think. We haven't got there yet. Um, from what I hear. Yeah. From what I hear. It's the rumor. Um, the hardcore Christians, like the the Baptists and stuff. Yeah. They like the fire and brimstone and hatred of the Old Testament, but not necessarily all the rules. Yeah. And they like to pretend that they are in the New Testament because Jesus saves. Sure. You know what I mean? No, they like to have so, it both ways. Yeah. 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 And then, like, if you point out stuff to them, then they're like, that's OT. That doesn't count. We don't right, do that. Right. And I'm like, all of the hatefulness that you exhibit is, is from OT. The OT. Right. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. They, they've they never read it straight through and asked questions like we're doing. So right. fuck them. Yeah. Okay, number nine. Is it wrong to steal? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. According to the Bible, not us. Right. No, I was answering for myself. Sorry. What? What? I was answering that it's wrong to steal. Like, you oh. asked me, is it wrong oh. to steal? I said, yes, yes, okay. it is. In my brain, in my brain, the question played out, is it okay to steal? Oh. And so when you said yes, I was like, it is not. What is wrong no, with you? No, you said, is it wrong to steal? Right. I said, yes, it is wrong. Right. It is wrong to steal. Right. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. 
Yes, it is always wrong to steal. Okay. Yeah, from Exodus, we've got thou shalt not steal. From Leviticus, ye shall not steal. Mm. From Leviticus, thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. Right. From Deuteronomy, neither shalt thou steal. From Psalms, the wicked doth. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, so you're wicked if you steal. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Blah 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 blah. But according to the Bible, you're always wrong mm. because sometimes it's okay to steal. When is it okay to steal? In Genesis, Rachel stole the images that were her father's. Okay. I don't know if you recall that. Wasn't that the idols or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She stole them though. Okay. And took them and with that her was, on the road. That was okay. Well, it's okay that. It worked out. She stole Uh, them and took them with her. Got it. Yeah. Also, every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. And that was an exodus. Okay. You know, you were supposed to fuck up your neighbor's shit because. Got it. You know, they're. They're. They're Egyptians. Egyptians. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. So as long as it's Egyptians or, you know, some other non-Israelite. Some other religion. Right. Then it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Also in Exodus, let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. It says borrow, though. Borrow without asking <laughs> was was the uh, implication there. Got it. Yeah. And then also in Exodus, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians, and they spoiled them. Mm. So they borrowed them in order to destroy them. Got it. So Got it, it was stealing. Sure. They they. Didn't give it back. Right. No, I got so. it. Yeah. All right. Um, number 10. Will the earth last forever? I have not asked this one before. No. No? No. Okay. It, I mean, so, it, it just won't. Okay. So. Um, you're right. It will be destroyed. Okay. Um, the earth and the heavens are the work of thy hands. Thou sh- by, They shall perish, according to Psalms. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you're right. But you're always wrong. Mm. The earth will last Fucking forever. Okay. Infinity, babe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Deuteronomy. That's not how science works. No, it's not. It's not. In Deuteronomy, that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Mm. And in Psalms, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. And the earth, which he hath established forever. And I'm still in Psalms. Who laid the foundation of the earth that it should not be removed Forever, so <laughs> that's a lot of forevers. That's a lot of poesy yeah. and metaphor, right? And ignorance because they just didn't know, right? I, I, when I say ignorance, I mean classic sense of the word, not you fucking ignoramus, right? Like right. I'm no, saying, they were literally ignorant of yeah science, so they can't know geometry. how the world even works, let alone Song that it's going structure. to end. Poetry. Right, right. They were so primitive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they didn't even have Netflix. I have no problem with that. The the problem I have with this book is that it's still used today. Right, right. That's the, and and, and not just that, but they take these words and they say, this is the way it is. And I'm like, but it's fucking not. Right. And if it was only the good ones that say, everybody treat each other with love and respect and let us help each other. That would be okay, but it's not. It's sometimes be mean and steal things and kill. Like, wait, what? Right. And also, right. Um, we don't like you because you wore pants and girls are only supposed to wear dresses. And, you know, yeah, like there's some... 70 years ago, like you would get in trouble if you went into a church, into some churches 
as a woman wearing a fucking dress or wearing pants instead of a dress. Right. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You guys can't even agree on shit through time. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Okay, number 11. Does God desire animal sacrifices? Yes. Yes, yes, he does. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, blah, 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 blah. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was from Genesis. Mm -hmm. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. Builded? He builded is what it says. Oh, okay. All right. Because this is from the, um, what's that? The... King James. Got it. Got I it. Keep, sometimes I keep wanting to say New York Times instead <laughs> of King James. I can't. I can't. I don't know why. Like, my sister has a thing where um, sometimes she says umbrella instead of elevator yeah. and vice versa. Mm. And like, and yours is King James and New York Times. Yes. Okay. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. But there's, yeah. there's some connection between those terms that... They're interchangeable. I know that they're not, okay? Dear God, I know that they're not, you guys. It's just a thing. Anyway, Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. That's in Genesis. There's more in Genesis. I'm not going to read. All of it. There's some in Exodus. Give me that shit and I'll bless you. Right. Um, numbers the same sprinkle their blood upon that altar get yeah. it you had to sprinkle it like to the east to the west the north south and, and don't pee on the tent know, right tabernacle yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah um in deuteronomy offer that shit um but guess what what you're always wrong mm, okay. i sing that one kind of soft because who cares um <laughs> god doesn't desire animal sacrifices no no oh. in psalms it says sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire and also in Psalms, will I eat of the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Come on now. It says, yeah. come on now. I added that because oh, okay. I'm trying to like go on with the the uh, tone of it because it. you'd have to read the whole thing in order sure. to catch the tone. Sure, sure. But I didn't write down the whole thing. I gotcha. Yeah. But okay. it was implied that the next sentence was, was no. come on come now. On, right, yeah. <laughs> and then still in Psalms, for thou desirest not sacrifice, thou delightest not in burnt offerings. Hmm. So, you know, just depends. Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Number twelve. Does God know and see everything? I've asked this one before too. I'm gonna. Go, I say I'm still gonna say no because mm-hmm. I mean he couldn't even fucking find Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and he didn't know that um, Cain killed his brother Abel. So right, and that was when there was like four fucking people on the planet. Yeah, and so that's the first example I have. Genesis. Um, he could not find Adam yeah. and Eve. Hey, I'm sorry if you can't figure out where your four fucking people are on the planet, mm-hmm. you can't find shit. So no, it's true. It's and true. I have no faith in your finding ability. And then um, there's further ones in Genesis that aren't Adam and Eve related. Okay. Um, let's see. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. This is Cain. And from the face from thy face shall I be hid. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Got it. Yep. He, yeah. And he God can't, didn't God know. can't see into the land of no. Nod. Because you know why? Because these were geographic gods. They, they were just to do with their little area because right. these were tribes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. we're going... Back in time here to explain. But it, it sounds a lot like we're talking about Mordor or something, you know? Like right. Like fucking Lord of the Rings. Like, it's I mean, outside it's like... the Shire. <laughs> um, also in Genesis, um, remember the Tower of Babel? Yes. Okay. And they, God said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top. Oh, no. These were the people that yeah, said this, not right. God. Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. 
and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came to see the city and the tower. Mm. He had to come see it. He couldn't yeah. see it from space. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, further on, um, the Lord appeared in the plains of Mamre. He ap- appeared to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And um, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. So he was like, dude, where's your wife? And Couldn't even know that she was in the tent. Huh? Right. And there was no reason for that. Like, right. She's right fucking there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, God, who knows everything and has laser <laughs> eyes. He's right there. She's right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Still in Genesis, we've got Sodom and Gomorrah. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry which is coming unto me. And if not, I will know. So he's like, are they doing bad? I think so. But I'm not sure. I better go down and see. If this dude knit together the entire fucking universe mm-hmm. and he can't know his own fucking people on his planet and what they're doing, mm-hmm. it doesn't bode well for the universe. Right. You know, it really like doesn't. it's just not a, it's not a good, uh, I don't trust it. Yeah. You know, if yeah. that's the case, it, no, if, it's true. if God were real, I'd be like, I'm a little worried about this universe thing you built, man. Yeah. Cause you can't even track your own fucking people. Right. So you probably didn't do a great job. And, you know, have you checked up on it recently? Is it all okay? Like, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? So then in Deuteronomy, um, he led those people forever, 40 day, or forty years in the um, desert. Wasn't and, that Exodus? Well, yeah, but then also the, the verse that I have is from Deuteronomy. Oh, okay, okay. Where um, God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to know what was in thine heart. Ah. He didn't know. Right. He didn't know what was yeah. in their heart. He wanted to make but there's sure. also things where it says that he does know. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. there yet. Yeah, yeah. You are always wrong. That is yeah, true. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You were fighting my right. case no, here. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. In Judges, it says, "Though may I prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein, as their fathers did keep it or not." So he's like, "I don't know what's going to happen." Yeah. I don't know. I'm God. I know everything, but I don't know. Sure. And then. Um, in Job, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. Yeah, you I know, remember that. You know, the way I stroll. Yeah. Right, Take me a little right. walky walk. And God's like, where are you calling from? Yeah. Yeah. But you're always wrong. Of course. Because also in Job, no thought can be withholden from thee. Mm. And in Psalms, for he knoweth the secrets of thy heart. Mm. So, yeah. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. Because he's not real, mostly. But Right, you know. right. Okay, so then we've got a simple yes or no question, husband. Okay. Number 13, do the wicked live long? Yes or no? Yes. Wherein do the wicked live, become old, yea, and are mighty in power? That's from Job. Okay. But you're always wrong. Of course I am. And... According to Psalms, bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. Mm. So, mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. All right. Here we go. This is a really good one. Number 14. No, we've asked this before and we've talked about it too. Can God be seen? Well, it depends on who you are. And who you ask. Yeah. But I'm going to go with, um, according to the Bible, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would too. Like, yeah, he showed himself multiple times. Right, right. He showed his ass to Noah. I think that's one of these. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in Genesis, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And when Abram was 90 years old, and so many years, 90, 
90 years old and nine. So 99. So 99. Right. Yeah. The Lord appeared to him, blah, blah, blah. And the Lord appeared to him again in the plains of Mamre. And God appeared unto Abraham in Exodus. And then um, he appeared to Isaac and said, go down into Egypt. And then he appeared to um, Abraham, Abraham again. Um, the Lord appeared unto Isaac, not Abraham, Isaac, and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father, fear not. And God appeared unto Isaac. I mean, Isaac and Abraham, he appeared to a whole shit ton. Yeah. Let me scroll down. Oh, he also appeared to Jacob. Um, he appeared all over the fucking place. Yeah. Um, in Banana Rama, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he appeared to Jacob. And then he appeared to Jacob again. And he appeared to Jacob again. And he appeared to Moses saying, I have surely visited you. Right. And he appeared lots of times to Moses, 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 Moses. I could keep scrolling. I mean, yeah, he appeared to a lot of people. Right. Okay. Oh, he appeared to David and who else? Um, Micaiah and just so many people. Yeah. Right, right. So I just scrolled through all of that. I'm not going to like. Yeah, no, it was a lot. Know. I mean, obviously. It was a lot of people. Yeah. But you're always wrong. Yeah. Because according to Exodus, no, God is invisible. There shall no man see me and live, you know? Right. So not only can't you see him, if you do see him, you'll fucking die. Well, I mean, Which we, isn't we're, a all, lie. we're all going to die. We're all going to die. So, so, yeah. What do they mean by that exactly? I could you know? say, if you take this, you're going to die. Do you die immediately, though? Right. Or do you die later? Do you die when, when you, you normally die? die? Right, right. It's kind of like that um, story that we read over the weekend in the Jewish... Fairy tales yeah. where he said, um, I'm going to do what my father did. And then it turns out, which was go to bed without supper. Right. You know, right, yeah. kind of like not it's withholding information. Sure. Number 15. What's God's name? So many. I mean, I so prefer many. Elohim because it's not even on the fucking list. Oh, OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, we've got Dick. I am that I am. We've got um, Jehovah. Those are those are some of some of them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here Yahweh. we go. Here we go. Yeah. Like I didn't list all of them. Right. Okay. So in Exodus, um, God said unto Moses, "I am that I am," and He said, "Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever." Right. And then also, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, mm. which is um, Yahweh. So that just Got depends it. on which translation you're reading. And then, my name is Jehovah, he said in Exodus. Yeah. And then, for thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous <laughs> God. And then, um, I didn't, I don't recall seeing this one, so I should have probably taken a note. Wasn't there but, one psalm that named like seven different names of God in the same psalm? Yes, but this one that I'm about to say, yeah. I don't recall this particular name. Okay. So I want to look this up for later. Sure. Uh, Psalm 68, verse 4, or chapter 4? No. What? I don't remember. Sure. Anyway, sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jaw. Jaw, huh? Jaw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Psalm 68, verse 4. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So, anyway, you're always wrong, whatever. You can't <laughs> pick the right name. He's got lots of names. So, number 16. How many gods are there? Um, a, a fuck ton. A fuck ton. Yeah. It's true. It's true. There are several gods. Okay. Just several? Several. Okay. Because 
in Genesis, and God said, "Let us make man in our image." Which uh, I take I take um, umbrage with that one because a lot of times these powery people, yeah, they refer to themselves in a third person plural. Sure. So I don't necessarily think that counts. Right. Um. Let's see. Let us go down there and there confound their language. Mm-hmm. That's another one that I'm like, mm, was he saying, hey, let's all us gods together go down and or kick maybe over the that angels tower. or something. You true, know, so. true, true. Okay. But here's where we get into some some fun stuff. Yeah. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Okay? Right. That's right. acknowledging there gods are gods. Of Egypt. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not that I will go and prove that there's no gods of Egypt. Right. But that there are gods and I'm going to kick their ass. Right, right. Okay. And then also, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among all the gods? Right. Right? Like, okay. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. We're still in Exodus. Okay. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, blah, blah, blah. Right. He that sacrificeth unto any god save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. Mm. Thou shalt not revile the gods, make no mention of the name of other gods, and thou shalt make no covenant with other gods, them or their gods. Right. I mean, so many, like, no gods, no gods, all the gods. There's yeah. so many gods. Right. Um, in Judges, will thou not possess that which Chamash, the, thy god, giveth thee to possess? Yeah. You know? Yeah. For Samuel, you shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure, he will lighten his hand from off you and from your gods. Hmm. So um, there's a bunch. Um, also in Psalms, for the Lord is to be feared above all gods. Worship him, all ye gods. Our Lord is above all gods. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. There's just so many. So many. So right, many. Right, right. But you're always wrong. Of course I am. You know, let me scroll back up because, um, <laughs> no, there's only one. There's only one. There's only one. Oh. Yeah. In Deuteronomy, unto thee it was shewed that thou mightest know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Hmm. And um, the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. And in Deuteronomy, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Got it. And, you know, there's just. Sure. In First Kings, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. The one, the, the one, one God. God. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So whatever. Yep. That one annoyed me. I'm like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. All right, number 17. What is the human lifespan? 120 years. You would think. Um, so it starts out that, yes, in Genesis, he says, "Your yet his day shall be 120 years. Right. Okay. But then we've also got some evidence that it's more than 120 years. In the Bible. In the Bible. Right. Because after the flood, there were so many people that lived longer than that. Yeah. Uh, according to the Bible. Right. Like right. Noah lived 950 years. Yeah. Shem, his son, lived 600 years. Nahor, I remember the name, not how he's related. Sure. He lived 148 years. Terah, again, remember the name, not the story, but he lived 205 years. Sarah lived 127 years. I don't know if I okay. count that. Like, she squeaked by. Yeah, you know? right, right. I, I'll let that one slide. Yeah. Abraham and Ishmael, they both beat that by far. Abraham, 175 years, and Ishmael, 137 years. Got it. So, yeah. you know, fuck off. Right. And then in Psalms, um, the answer is 70 years. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. 
Mm. So okay, I mean that seems more reasonable for the time and yeah, seventy you know, seems about right. Yeah, a hundred, nine hundred. I'm not buying <laughs> right, it. Right, I'm not buying it. Yeah. So number eighteen, does God lie? Um, they would like to say no. But does he lie? Yes. Yes, yes, he does. In First Kings, it says, "Now therefore, behold." The Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. Mm. So, yeah, he okay. lied. I don't care what else you say. Right. You're right. not always wrong. Right. I found one. <laughs> well, I mean, Job is another place where he lied mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, in Second Chronicles, it says, Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of thy these thy prophets. And, yeah, I didn't even get any from Job. I guess he didn't specifically lie. He didn't lie, lie in Job. Um, he just didn't tell him right. what was Right, it was happening. omission. Yeah. It was lie by omission. Yeah, So yeah. So then the Bible says that you're always wrong. I disagree yeah. right. on this one. Right. He says, no, in Numbers it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Mm. Yeah, and that's something. He gets to fuck around and... He never and has to find, find out. out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in First Samuel, it says the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent. And then in Second Samuel, thou art that God and thy words be true. Mm. And then in Psalms, thy word is true from the beginning. Ah. So, yeah, okay. he don't lie. Apparently. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yes, you do. <laughs> Number 19, does God sleep? Yes or no? I mean, uh, uh, yes. Yes. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? That's from Psalms. Yeah. So I I remember that one. Right. No, I do too. But you're always wrong because also in Psalms, no. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Mm. So, you know. Okay. All right. But he did rest. He did rest. I know he rested. He did. According he did. to Genesis. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. He did right. take that seventh day and that's and the Sabbath. There's been some pretty bad atrocities in humankind. Throughout time, I mean, and I don't know where he was. I would say he took the day off. I, if I was, if I was him, I would be like, yeah, I was, I was sleeping. I definitely Sorry. took a shut eye. Right. Yeah. Right. Took a puff. Is that took a powder? That's what they say. Is that what they say? Yeah, that's a phrase. Okay. I where took a powder? Where's that a phrase? I, at? I don't know. I've heard it though. Okay. Yeah, it's more obscure than Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I, that that one. I don't know. I've heard it though. Took a powder. Okay. I don't. I don't know where siesta. I've heard siesta. That's you know. I would hope that you've heard of siesta. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that one's not obscure like at all. Right. No, I know. I know. I would. I would hope. I that... was saying that one is more relevant. You know, like because people right. have heard of it. So yeah. 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 All right. Number twenty. Does God respect anyone? Anyone at all? No. No. That's just my personal opinion. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I, there's proof of that in the okay, Bible all right, all um, right. for that to be correct. Yeah. Because in Deuteronomy, it says, for the Lord your God regardeth not persons. Mm, he, has okay. no, he holds he them not, not in regard. regard nope, nope. Irregardless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. <laughs> so do I. So do I, I so used do I. to have a boss that said it all the time and I couldn't stand it. Ugh, Ugh. I couldn't. I couldn't I put cringe. up with that. Like every time um, you, your mom and your brother... Every time y'all get together, you always say aster asterix. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all do not y'all know better. Y'all know better. Yeah. You know it's not asterix. And I know you know better because I've bitched to you about it. Right. But you get around them too, and the three of you, it's an asterix. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I will literally like jump into your conversation and be like, everybody stop talking for a minute. <laughs> All of you have to stop saying asterisk right. right now. Right. Okay. So also in Second Chronicles, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons. Mm. And that's definitely... I, I feel that. But yeah. you're always wrong. Of course. I had to sing that one good because it's the last one. Right. Um, yes, he does respect people. Mm. He respected um not Cain, but he respected Abel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And then um God looked upon the children of Israel in Exodus and God had respect unto them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in Leviticus. For I will have respect unto you and make your fruitful, make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. Mm. Mm-hmm. It says he's going to respect them. I guess. And then in Second Kings, um, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Mm. In Psalms, it says, "Though the Lord be high, yet hath He respect for the lowly." I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of respect there. That's a lot apparently. of respect. Mm-hmm. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it either. Yeah. You don't treat people like that. No. No. I don't care how he's powerful an, he, you are. He's an asshole. He's, an a- he's a dick. Yeah. God's a dick. He definitely is. Definitely is. Um, that is our contradiction episode for today, though. Mm. You're always wrong. But this time I'm right. That was our episode for the day. You're... St- Still always wrong. Only because you're continuing to talk. But I agree with you. You agree with me? But you're still always wrong. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in like a week. Or whatever. We've got stuff lined up we got, for you. We got shit, we got shit coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's things and stuff. And it'll yeah. be out in the next few days. Yeah. And then we'll be back next week with um, pro- Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah. We're starting the book of Proverbs next week. So that is when we will be back on track. Yeah. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Husband. Wife. Have you ever heard of OK Atheists? Yes, and they are doing some really important work. Our friend Zalen leads interesting discussions with thought leaders in the atheist community. We really appreciate their contribution to the secular community and think what they are doing is absolutely amazing. So today we have a fantastic treat for our listeners. In an effort to support their project and boost their platform, we are opening up our podcast to OK Atheist for Salem's interview with Tim Sledge. If you enjoy this podcast and want to experience more of the critical input that OK Atheist lends to a free-thinking society, 
please, please hit the show notes to learn how you can join their Discord or view more of their episodes on YouTube. So tonight is going to be a wonderful chat with Tim Sledge, who is also on Twitter. And that is where I first saw his account. I did not realize that we actually live quite close to one another. We're in the same area, um, which was actually pretty cool. And we're actually in within the same uh, humanist uh, circles. So that was really cool as well. So I reached out to him and asked him if perhaps he'd be willing to share his journey with us. He started as a pastor in the Houston area and then um, is now a secular humanist. A lot of his viewpoints have been penned in several books, and we will share some of those tonight. We'll kind of talk about those a little bit if you're looking for something new to read. And I'll put the links up in the chat area. So again, if you're just joining, you can chat with us while we're talking. And we'll do a Q&A in a little while, or you can always raise your hand and we'll try to bring you up. We're not going to be like super formal tonight. So yeah, without further ado, Tim, welcome tonight. And why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your story? All right. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored and delighted to be sharing with you guys tonight. Pardon my voice. I've, I've got allergies and I'm a little bit hoarse. But um, so I, I, I was born in Austin, Texas. And we moved around a lot. My dad was a binge alcoholic. He was a great guy. I mean, when he was sober, he was incredible. And I learned a lot of good things from my dad. But every once in a while, maybe it would be a month or two months or more, he'd sort of disappear for days or maybe a week or two sometimes. So that created kind of an interesting environment for me and for my sister later. The other part of that was my dad was from a very religious family. He had six sisters. He was the youngest. So you can imagine uh, having six older sisters who really thought you were great. And uh, he was a great guy. But they were all very religious. And so when I went to see my grandmother, <clears throat> we'd get in the car and leave after a day or two. And she'd gather us all around before we got in the car and lead us in prayer. My dad, though, you know, obviously there were some contradictions in what was happening in his life. He was also deeply committed to the idea of Jesus and faith. So in this context, we ended up in uh, Snyder, Texas, a West Texas town. And I got my Sunday school class when I was eight years old, gave me a Bible. They gave everybody a Bible. And I noticed in the back it said, there was a chart and it said how to read the Bible in one year and it had readings for every day for a whole year. And so I decided I was going to do that. The next summer when I was nine, we had vacation Bible school. And if any of you have been to a Baptist vacation Bible school for kids, uh, usually it's on Thursday. You've had all kinds, you've had fun, crafts, games, Bible stories, but then the pastor comes in. Well, he told, he told me the same thing my Sunday school teacher, Mr. Reed, told us just about every Sunday morning. He would say, Mr. Reed would say, you need to give your life to Jesus. And he'd tell, you know, if you don't give your life to Jesus, you're going to hell. And I mean, he didn't make it super scary. I mean, there was 
Uh, there was stuff about, you know, just doing the right thing, loving God. And so during that vacation Bible school, I walked to the front. I prayed. I invited Jesus into my life. I was baptized, fully immersed in water uh, the next Sunday night. So when you were, um, sorry for uh, no, uh, butting in here a little bit, but when you were, you said the minister was talking to you a little bit about hell. That that wasn't scary to you as a kid? Like, or was he just saying it very nicely? <laughs> well, he wasn't. That, that's interesting. And it's kind of hard to, and it's part of the, looking back at it now, it's, it's part of the craziness of all of this. But I, I don't remember him shouting. And, and I like Mr. Reed. I mean, <laughs> another interesting thing, this is just a little Baptist church in West Texas. And you know, right before Sunday school, he'd grab his last cigarette and come in and teach us and then catch another few puffs with my dad and the deacons outside of the church. And then they'd all come back in. And um, which and that was not supposed to be OK, but you know, I mean, it's just the way it was. This was like in the 50s. And so. So. I mean, it, it and I, again, I think this is part of the indoctrination that you get to a place where you feel well, this is normal. These people just, they're just trying to, you know, it's just like my school teachers. They're just trying to tell me how to be a good boy, how to do the right thing. And then, of course, in church, we'd sing songs like, are you washed in the blood of the lamb? And the, so, Are your garments spotless? Are you white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Oh, I remember so many of those uh, <laughs> schools, those songs. I, I went to Catholic school, but yours sounds actually a little bit nicer even though the songs are really creepy but uh <laughs> but for for my experiences though i i had a nun who was like super mean i mean she would just she would you know like not whip us but like slap us with the the ruler and you know i had to you know sit up straight and you know pray with the arms at a certain degree angle i mean everything had to be mm. perfect but wow yeah wow. <laughs> so yeah so anyway, we moved uh, we moved to Odessa, Texas. And if you don't know about Odessa, Texas, that's the home of the Friday Night Lights football team, Permian High School. And that's where I went to high school. When I was 16, I felt that God was calling me to preach. And I walked the aisle again, and I told the congregation. The pastor there was like a second father to me. But by this time, my dad had... Um, not totally stopped his uh, problem drinking, but it was it was almost stopped. And uh, he was going to church now. So I, I started preaching when I was 16. And by by my senior year, I was preaching in some little church or not so little church in West Texas almost every Sunday. I was elected student body president at Permian. And in my speech, I, I said, look, I'm a Christian. And so I'm going <laughs> to I'm not, I'm not sure what I did to lead, but uh, I, I'm going to lead like a Christian. And uh, my only contrib contribution to the first Friday Night Lights state championship was most of the home games. I said the prayer. So I'd like to take credit for their wins. Uh, <laughs> not really. But my my life in, you know. Southern Baptist dominated West Texas as a teenage preacher was wow. I, I mean, it was awesome. If my I had one friend 
And uh, his mother at that, at, you know, in high school, he, he would say, can I go? Do you mind if I go somewhere with so-and-so? And she'd just grill him, you know, like, well, where are you going to go? What time do you mean? But if she said, um, if he said, I'm going with Tim, <laughs> she didn't ask any questions. Speeding this up, I got married. We went to Wheaton College and just outside of Chicago, which is Billy Graham's alma mater. And we ended up sharing a house with um, Philip Yancey and his wife, Janet. Philip, Billy Graham said Philip, this was much later, was his favorite Christian writer. Hmm. And um, at, at some point, like everything sounds like, you know, just pretty mellow for you and like, you know, not not too much drama. I mean, aside from that, your father was drinking a lot. Was that it? going through that experience? Did you go through a lot of abuse um, or was it more of just him just always gone all the time? Well, you know, uh, a binge alcoholic is quite a bit different than like a daily or weekly weekend alcoholic. Mm. So life could be really great for months. And then he would mainly just disappear. <clears throat> um, wow. But um, and and my mother, after my dad died, one of the stories I, I would tell, even in some of my sermons, was how uh, back then you could get your driver's license in Texas when you were 14. And I would tell the story that the summer that I got my driver's license, my dad, he liked to be with me so much that he had me chauffeur him around. Uh, he he ran a fence company. He was the manager of it, and he would have me chauffeur him around all summer. Well, after he died, that summer we had all that time together. Well, after he died, I found out that the reason I was driving him around that summer was that he'd had a DWI and he didn't have a driver's license right at the time. Wow! And, and um, so it was more, you know, in uh, AA and twelve steps they talk about the elephant in the living room. So it, it was more about secrets. And he was like um, a lot of alcoholics. <clears throat> he was a very, you know, he was just a great person. And um, um, there may be some people who know more about this than I do listening. But, you know, one theory is that alcoholics are more sensitive than most people. And drinking is sometimes tied to just there's just too much to take in, too much to handle. I don't know. But it's really, I mean, it was hard in terms of just kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. I think that's the main way it affected me. And that's common for adult children of alcoholics. It's like, okay, when is when is the shoe going to fall? Things are really great. When's something bad going to happen? Yeah. Just to segue a little bit, in one of the books that I had perused through, uh, Goodbye Jesus, in that one, you actually open up with a little bit about talking about your father and um, your childhood experiences. And yes. then mm -hmm. I recall that you uh, brought up some of the moments that started to first make you wonder uh, about your role as a pastor and to start making these uh I, I guess forming questions that started leading to you eventually leaving um, the ministry. So, do you mind chatting a little bit about that? Not at or all. Am I jumping the gun? No, no. Okay. So, um, well, I I went to seminary, got a, a master's degree and a doctor 
of ministry degree. And while I was in seminary, I became, I was a youth minister in Memphis, Tennessee. I would live there in the summer and then they would fly me <clears throat> to Memphis from Fort Worth, Texas uh, every other weekend. And one of the things that happened there, this was in Memphis about uh, two years after Martin Luther King was assassinated there at the Lorraine Hotel. And um, I was, to me, and one of the things that Christianity, I don't know if it was Christianity or just genetic, but uh, I, I know that some of it was my seminary training in ethics. The idea that color doesn't matter. Everybody's the same in terms of value and uh, discriminating against people's really wrong. So I went to Memphis and um, we started this ministry called Dialatine. And what it was on the weekend, I trained some my my degrees in seminary were in pastoral care and counseling. And so I trained some people, some teenagers to answer the phones and just let other teenagers all across Memphis call in and just talk about their problems. And uh, we, the TV stations gave us free advertising. Radio stations did the same. And so we had a lot of people calling us. And uh, Memphis, Tennessee back then uh, was about 50% African-American. So we had Afri African-American youths who called in. And we would invite them to our <clears throat> youth group meetings. We had a swimming party at one of the teenagers' home. And some uh, African-American kids came to the swimming party. And in the middle of the party, they posed the parents <clears throat> who owned the house where we were having the party said, you've got a phone call. So I picked up the phone. And it's the father of one of the girls from our church. And he was really angry. And he said, I understand you've got some. And he used the N-word over there. And I said, no, I don't. And I repeated, I said, I know I don't have any of those over here, but there's some uh, there's some black kids over here. I was just, you know, <laughs> very calm about it. So he came over and got his daughters and took them home. And then I get around that same time, our pastor was very, he was more liberal in Southern Baptist life. Um, and he had been very vocal about positive race relations, but the, the newspaper, I think there were two newspapers in Memphis, and one of the two newspapers found out that our our preschool did not accept African-American children. And so one Saturday morning, they wrote like a full pay. It was a huge article and just, you know, rightly so, calling out the hypocrisy. And the pastor was convenient. I mean, it was just accidental, but he was at a, a Baptist uh, conference in New Mexico when that happened. And the newspaper article said that the NAACP was going to picket our church the next day on Sunday. So an emergency deacons meeting was called, and our Christian Life Commission and the Southern, Southern Baptist of Texas had um, some little pamphlets on, and they had one on race. And I I, I had some of those because we use them in our dialogue ministry. And so I got a handful of them and I'm going to the deacons meeting because I'm thinking, well, you know, this would be a good thing that I can speak up and highlight, just remind everybody what the Bible says about this. But when I got there, oh my gosh, I heard one older deacon, there, there was a, a fear they were going to come in the church. And he said kind of under his, under his breath, if they come in, I'm going to kill them. And um, it, it was pretty clear, pretty fast. Nobody was asking for any Bible verses to be read that day. 
Mm-hmm. The younger. What was your What was your reaction at hearing all of that was, at the time? Did you just kind of go with it, or no? Just... I was like stunned, like wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so in in the book Goodbye Jesus, I talk about what I call exceptions to the rule of faith, and this started happening, um, you know, before I was out of seminary, as with with these events. But one of the things that I learned, and I think most people do learn in church, is that doubt or hard questions posed about faith or about God, that's not good. It's And, and um, dealing with doubt is like dealing with the pain of a long-distance runner running a marathon. You, you deal with it, and it's a temptation to give up. And, you know, all my life, I've been taught, don't give up, don't be a quitter. And... So that's what you did. So with these experiences, you know, I look back now on many of them and I think, well, that that alone might have been a good reason to at least really step back and take a hard look at everything. But coming out of this training, this indoctrination, it's like, no, that of course you're having doubts. But just remember, Jesus is Lord and, you know, all these positive things. So what I would do, I just sort of it wasn't conscious so much, but I just say. You know, when I get more education, more experience, I'll be able to figure this out. So I'll just stuff it away for a while. I'm going to invite Brian up here with a question. Go ahead, Brian. Welcome. You talk about defending doubts. I mean, I mean, uh, defending yourself from, uh, you know, doubting and don't give up. Yeah. I've read so much of the Bible. Uh, the, the, the really not so kind parts, the nasty parts, the graphic, the graphic parts. I don't see how anybody, how did you deal with, I mean, with the really hard stuff, say like uh, the um, story about the uh, Saul asking david for a hundred philistine foreskins and and that sort of thing yeah how, you know at you know things like that and there's a lot of graphic stuff in there how did how how did you at what point did was it anything like that that made you finally go this is nonsense or i mean how did you deal with those really difficult passages okay good question so you know, as you can imagine, I'm reading the Bible when I was 89 years old, and I remember thinking, of what does beget? And this is a King James Version. So-and-so beget, so-and-so beget. What is beget? And so I encountered those stories, but I, I was so young. It's I was just, my thing, I was just, I want to read this, and, you know, I want to be able to say I read the whole Bible. So I don't know that I really um, was even old enough to I, I don't know it just didn't register with me if it did it didn't stay very long but if you think about a magician and this is an oversimplification but what a magician does how they trick us is they say don't look here look there and that's what preachers do and i don't think it's i know in my own case later it wasn't it wasn't like oh how can i trick these people no i'm as much in the the thing as they are um your pastor when you're growing up is that's where you're getting your focus of what the Bible is and what it says. And he's probably not preaching on those passages. Uh, and then when I became a, a, a preacher myself, uh, you know, who wants to hear a, a sermon on um, how God said to kill every living thing? That's not very inspirational. So you, you're looking for passages that, you know, Forgive, love your 
neighbor as yourself. Trust God. Don't worry about the future. Just trust God. I, I know this may seem hard to believe. Well, I'll give you another example. When I was in college, um, the first class I had on the Bible was an Old Testament survey. And one day, my teacher said, now some people say the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is mean, and the God of the New Testament is loving, but it's the same God. God is the same. And I'm sitting there, and I say, if you don't mind, you bring up a good point there, because I've often looked at this God character, you know, a lot like a, a bratty little kid playing his Xbox and gets frustrated with it when he can't get to the next level. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Eve. Well, the garden was supposed to work. Uh, nope. It kills, kills them off. Uh, then the second part, be a good Hebrew and nobody gets hurt. Flood. Then he clones himself and kills himself and sacrifices himself for something that he didn't have to do. And then at the end of the book, what does he do? What does he do? He goes right back. You know, you got, you got the Jesus in the middle, right? It's like an abusive spouse, okay? Uh, he beats you, he beats you, and then he, he says, I'm not going to beat you anymore. Here's some flowers, i.e. Jesus. And then what does he do at the end of the book? He goes right back to beating the crap out of and burning everybody to death that didn't kiss his ass. Yeah. You know, it's like that brandy little kid with the Xbox who gets frustrated that somebody else is beating him and picks it up and smashes it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dan Barker wrote a book. Um, let's see if I can get the title right. God, the most, the worst character. Of the Old Testament God is the worst character in all of literature. And he just outlines all these things. There's not a week goes by now that I don't just in my head just say to myself, Tim, how did you ignore all that? How did you believe what you did? And um, I, I hope to explain some of that as we talk tonight. But, but yeah, but you know, Tim, um, one of the books you have, would this address some of that? You have a, a book entitled Making Peace with Your Past. I don't know if you're just addressing other people in general, but do you also relate to it as yourself? Like a, you're, you know, now where you are in, now in your life versus where you were. Well, that book was written in 1992 um, when I was a, a, a pastor in Houston. And I'll just say quickly a little bit about that book because it's a big part of my whole story. Um I, I I pastored churches, and uh, my first full-time church was in a suburb of New York City, and um, my second one was outside of Phoenix, Arizona, and then I came to Houston, to a suburb of Houston, and that's where I kind of like, kind of hit my stride in the church. I was a uh, pastor up there, quadrupled in size while I was there, reached 2,000 members, and um, so I had a cousin, and alcoholism is all through my dad's side of the family, and I had a cousin when I lived in Arizona, he was at the Meadows, which is one of the top treatment centers in the country. And I went to see him. We've been close as kids. I hadn't seen him in years. And we reconnected. And uh, so over over the next few years, he would talk to me about AA and 12 Steps. And um, he told me that the Meadows had a program for ministers where you could go there free for a week because they wanted ministers to learn what they did and then refer people to their um, treatment facility. So I went, and oh my gosh, 
um, I was put in a group of patients. We did about, I think, five hours of group work a, a day. And in the first group meeting, first person, I'm an alcoholic, and they delineate how far into that they were. Then, uh, you know, I'm a heroin addict, I'm a sex addict. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, I wanted to run, but I didn't. But as the, as the week progressed, I my attitude shifted and I I was saying, you know, I'm a lot like these people in terms of how my emotions work. And I had a life-changing experience there. I went back to my church and I preached a series of sermons, 12 sermons on adult children of dysfunctional families. I got real honest. I talked about I'd been having panic attacks in the months prior to that. I'd never made myself so vulnerable. And after the first sermon, I said, um, we're going to do some support groups to help with these issues. They'll, they'll be meet each week during the 12 or 13 weeks of the sermons. If you'd like to come show up on, I don't know, Tuesday night, whenever it was. I was hoping to have six people at least. We had 60 people. We did six groups. I had staff and a counselor who helped with some of them. I did three. And it just took off. And that, and we did that for several years. And I developed a workbook that people used during the groups. And that became the book, Making Peace with Your Past. The Southern Baptist Convention picked it up. But, you know, I was speaking all over the country, um, talking about support groups. And um, later, I translated in South Korea. I went and spoke in South Korea for 10 days and then to Peru. And an interesting thing that was, ha was happening, now the group, but, but really the core of it, you read the scripture and you pray, but that's not what makes it work. What makes it work is that you set the stage in a small group of six to eight people, and um, you model for them being open, authentic, vulnerable, and safe. And you teach them how to give feedback to each other. And then you just, after about the second or third week, you just sort of turn them loose. It was so powerful what I saw happen in those groups. And after... And and I know you, 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 you know, you were doing this when you were in religion, but I'm sure now some of those methods still apply, but yet now you can apply those techniques, you know, with, without the religious aspect to it. So you can, yeah. in essence, help, help more people. Yeah. And, and if I could, if I could just say, if I could just say one more thing and then I'll, this one last thought, it's really important. So what started happening as I was leading these groups and I was, as I was traveling and I'd lead groups in other cities while I was doing like training, this thought crept, in, uh, crept into my head. This works better than praying to Jesus. This, and I'd say this is true of most ministers I knew. You, you want to help people. That's why you're doing it, believe it or not. For most people I knew, that's why I was doing it. I wanted to make the world a better place. It's like suddenly I almost accidentally found this thing because what I was seeing over the years was all these exceptions to the rule. In my first church, a guy, dramatic conversion, comes, he's near New York City, he sort of comes out of nowhere, he's in a crisis, he gives his life to Jesus, and a month or two later, he robs a bank. And I had so many experiences like that wait this isn't the way it's supposed to work so this whole thing of the the making peace with your past the the realization that the core of it is not the prayer not the verses that are in the book it's people helping people and that i would say 
Had I not ever gone to the meta, it's hard to say, but I, I think more than anything else, that very slowly led to an erosion of my, it, it made me able to say what I was really saying. No, I love that. You made a great point about people helping people. I drank for 40 years, damn near killed me. I stopped drinking, uh, boy, it's almost been two years now that I've been sober. Did it without a Bible, did it without Jesus. Yeah. But it did require help. I was in the hospital for, I mean, almost a month. And they wanted to send me home immediately. And my house was in no condition for me to come back. And I stubbornly stayed there because I knew if I went home, I was going to start drinking again. And so my friends, while I was in the hospital, they fixed my house up and made it clean again. And and the other thing is, and I'm telling you, there's really only one way to do it, but you need a lot of help. You need to put yourself in a literal prison. Lucky, luckily for me, I'm retired and I don't drive. And when I saw, when I got out of the hospital, any place that I had to go, I had to take a taxi uh, because I could not walk to the store or anything. And that's really the, uh, but it still takes help. And I, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to ever say that I won't falter, but I think it can stick better when you're not attaching it to false hope and you're actually attaching it to, well, uh, my reality was my alcohol or my liver. That's what it came down to. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Brian, I, I think you've illustrated this something that I believe, and that is that you did it with the help of your friends. And you can cry. I don't want to put words in your mouth that you don't agree with, but but what I'm hearing is you did it, you took responsibility, you stopped drinking. I don't think it's as much as responsibility as fear, okay? Fear, fear of dying, and, uh, you know, um, fear of hell. Right. I just mean fear of pain, fear of pain. And, yeah. and fear that I won't have any friends. That, those were the two biggest things. Oh, I appreciate that. And what I'm saying, though, is you're not saying God did it. You're not saying that it was a miracle. and so I, th right. I think that a lot of things work, but not for the reasons they say they work. And I, and I think that, um, and I, I have mixed feelings about AA because I've known some people who were really helped by it. And I don't want to, and frankly, if someone comes to me and they're struggling with alcohol or drug addiction, that, that may be where I send them for lack of a better place. But <clears throat> the idea that you are, are never healed, you always need the organization. Um, I don't, I mean, I think your testimonial is important because it's one example of, of somebody taking responsibility and whether you were motivated by fear or fear, fear of health issues or fear of loss of friends, you took responsibility for your life. And to me, that's a humanistic value and it's a, it's a realistic and true value. And I, I, in our, in our groups, we said, I support you. And so Brian, I say, I support you. Yeah. Thank you, Brian, for sharing that. I wanted to cover a couple more of your, your books as well. One of my favorite books that I read from you was how to live a meaningful life. Um, truly my favorite. And I think the reason, and for those of you that haven't read any of Tim's books, I highly suggest picking up one. You can read them at the leisure. They're real, they're highly digestible and they add, they, they have such a secular message. It can help those who are actually still 
that still have faith, but it can actually still uh, reach out to the secular community because they're very non non-judgmental books, which is an approach that I really appreciate because it's just it, it's a refreshing take um, away from hearing, you know, that always an angry atheist point of view. So, <laughs> so I really do appreciate these these books. Uh, Tim, would you mind telling us a little bit about that one? Now, so I I stopped being a a Christian, and I, I didn't write in my calendar. It was either 2007 or 2008. I know the event. I had lunch with a friend from high school who was, was an atheist, and I apologized to him for trying to witness to him all those years. So after that, and, and so what was the one thing? Well, it was finally having to admit that knowing Jesus does not supernaturally change people. And I just I just witnessed that for far too long in too many places. And so a lot of great people in church, a lot of good things, great things happen, community support, therefore you when you're sick or when someone dies. But I just had to admit that these are these are people, some are great, some are actually awful. <laughs> uh, being a pastor can be very stressful because some of the very difficult people you you're dealing with. And a lot of them are just in the middle of the road. They're 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 good people. They're but they're they're human. We're all human. So so that was what caused the break. And I was did it sort of backwards because at that point, right at that point, if you just said, well, who do you think Jesus was then? I, I would have said, well, I don't think he was God. But beyond that, you'll have to get back to me. So it took me a while to think about that. But the thing I did think about real quickly was okay what what are my values and uh so i i thought about what in in the book uh, how to live a meaningful life the the sub the subtitle is focusing on things that matter so i thought about what matters to me and in the book i summarize at the end under a, a heading of mantra uh, seeking truth matters look deeper be willing to change your mind and follow the truth wherever it leads. Self-awareness matters. Never stop learning who you are, even when doing so is challenging or painful. Values matter. Build personal character on core values that work for everyone. I talk about strength. I say, visualize your inner core of strength and practice strength training to build integrity, self-reliance, determination, and resilience, kindness. Keep building your kindness quotient as you practice respect, empathy, patience, and forgiveness, while remembering that kindness works best in partnership with confident inner strength. And I, I would, so this, this, um, Zaylin, this is a good point to, I think, for, that I'd like to just say a little bit about what is my strategy in interacting as an atheist with the world, an ex-Christian, ex-minister atheist. I said there were a lot of great things about my dad. He was a salesman, and many times at night at the dinner table, he would tell sales stories. Like when he sold cars and real estate, he, he was always changing, but he, he could sell anything. There was a joke that one of his friends said, if they saw my dad coming to the door, they wouldn't answer it because they knew that whatever he was selling, they would buy it, and they might be sorry they did. So he'd tell these sales stories, and and I learned about the art of selling at the dinner table. And one of the things that I learned, and this is not about high pressure manipulative stuff, 
you don't sell somebody on a product or an idea if you walk up to them and you say, you know what, you're an idiot. And that stuff you believe, that's insanity. Psychologically, all that does is it makes the person double down on their resistance. And we see that a lot, for example, in social media, where we'll see folks going at each other, you know, whether they're uh, religious or non-religious, and they just get into a big spout on Twitter. And what happens is each person just buckles down even harder in their own direction and solves nothing. Yeah. And so for me, I, I don't know. I certainly don't think I have the ability to convince a Christian who is all in, things are going well, they're, they're just, they feel good about where they are. Then, you know, my comment to those people often is, well, good for you. I'm glad that's working for you. I wish you the best. And, and, I, and, I, and I frequently add, <clears throat> I really mean this, I would help you defend your right to believe as you do, because I think it's important that everybody be free to decide. What I'm really focused on, who I'm really focused on, is people who are already struggling and, and they're kind of in the early stages of questioning, or they're farther along, or maybe they've just left. And one of the roles I see is helping people know that they're not alone, they're not crazy. And, and I think that it's important, <clears throat> excuse me, that we acknowledge that um, what, whatever's, well, the thing that's wrong with churches, in my view, is that what they believe is not true. And um, there are a lot of problems with a lot of churches, but there are a lot of good ministers and a lot of good people in churches. I think it's important for us in the secular, non-believing community to acknowledge the sociological contribution that churches make. They provide community. They provide help when there's a, a crisis in your family, sometimes better than others. And they do it better if you're real active or a leader than they do if you're kind of on the fringes. So I just think it's important that we that we are aware. And if we don't understand that about a, a committed Christian, I don't I don't know how we'll ever help them because they just think we're we're stupid if we start saying, well, your religion is insane. I mean, right. But it's also important to remember or to keep in mind that, you know, many of us that are atheists, it's not really that once we have gone through like a deconversion, it's not our job or our mission to convert anyone else or deconvert anyone else because atheism isn't a religion. It's not a, a club or, or what have you. So, you know, it's really just more of, well, this is what I declare to be. Yeah, I agree. For me, because I spent all those years at the end of my, my the church I pastored was one of the top 100 churches in the United States in Southern Baptist life in baptisms. I, I convinced a lot of people uh, not only to become Christians, but to be more committed. And so now I'm kind of like somebody who drove a little bit farther down the road and there's a bridge out. And I came back to several miles back and I parked my car in the road and turned on my blinkers and I'm, and I'm saying, stop, the bridge is out. Don't, please, just listen. Um, that may be too dramatic, but I just feel like, because I know for me in my early years of belief, when I would, when I would face those difficult questions, I'd say, well, you know, I just need to get more training, more education, more experience. But after decades of ministry and a doctoral level theological education, so those issues were still there. And so I just want people, I just want to be one person who's available for people if they are open enough to ask questions to be able to maybe save them 
a lot of wasted years of pursuing something that it's kind of like, you know, the Wizard of Oz, you're going to see the wizard and you get there. Yeah. And there's a guy Absolutely. behind the curtain. Yes, and I and I really do recommend these books for everyone just to, you know, pick up and and take a look at. They're just really wonderful. I they, I know that that how to live a meaningful life. It was really it, it just really hit me. I related to it very well. So, you know, I just really love that one a lot. One of the other ones that I wanted to touch briefly on uh, before we go was the Four Disturbing Questions book that mm -hmm. you had written. And if you wouldn't mind chatting a little bit about that one. So in Four Disturbing Questions, I my, my thing is um, I like to try to make complicated things simple. And I see, I watch on YouTube, I, I'm a really a big fan of Pologia and uh, Myth Vision. Uh, guys, his name is Derek and Bart er Ehrman. When you, but when you listen to these um, scholars debating, it's extremely complicated, even, you know, with all the training I have. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so, and so one of the things I want to do is how can we simplify the basic questions? And so the, the first question in the book, the first of the four simple questions with one, uh, the four difficult questions with one simple answer is what I call the power failure question. It's based on a very simple but true principle. Look at any religion you want, and they all have different levels of commitment. Gold out, gung-ho, totally committed, all the way over on the spectrum to in name only. And the this question is, why does, I'm focusing on Christianity, why does faith in the resurrected, empowering Jesus generate such inconsistent results. I have a tweet up today that goes something like this. It says, on the showroom floor of the Christian faith, your evangelist will tell you that Jesus will change your life. But later, when you go to the faith service department for repairs, you will always be blamed for any malfunction. And I went through that in, in my life. It's like, well, okay, you have you, but have you fasted for seven days? Okay, try that. Um, but are you are you really filled with the Spirit? I mean, it's always a carrot on the stick. So the, the question is, if Jesus is who the Bible claims, he's still alive and he empowers you, and he, why this range of how faith affects people, how much it changes or doesn't change them? Why, if you were traumatized as a child in a, in a home with, with someone you know, who had serious issues of some kind. Why doesn't faith deal with that? And that's one of the things I saw in the groups. I saw people have been going to church for 40 years and they never talked about stuff and they were hurting. Some of them were ministers. And then one of my favorites is what I call the germ warfare question. It's simply, why didn't Jesus say anything about germs? He's called the great physician and a big much ado is made about, well, he gave a blind man his sight. You know, he healed a paralytic and on and on and on. Well, yeah, there was a handful of people in one place a long time ago. But if he really was God, why didn't he just say, and he actually said, washing your hands doesn't matter. You know, he said, that's like a ritual thing. Don't worry about the ritual. Wow. Well, I mean, why didn't he just say, hey, you know what? If you would wash, if you would wash your hands before you eat, not for religious, you know, ritual, but be clean and your water be careful what water you i mean simple answer the one simple answer to all four questions and i won't go into all four questions is that nobody's there it's not real christianity and all other religions 
are the creations of human minds, and there is no all-powerful, all-knowing, personal, loving God. For someone that has been indoctrinated for so long into religion, that's a really heavy answer to hear or a realization to have. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, if you get down to what's, what's the last, the hardest last thing to let go of may be the admission. And the way I say it about myself, some people say, well, you're just so arrogant. You know, you're an atheist. You don't have a higher power. You think you're God, blah, blah, blah. And I say, no, when I was arrogant is when I said that the God of the universe had tapped me on the shoulder to be one of the spokespeople. And now I'm my brain and my body. And when I die, that's the end of me. I'm a speck in the universe. Now, that doesn't, for me, that doesn't lead to nihilism or uh, I'm not a cynic. I'm not a pessimist. And uh, in How to Live a Meaningful Life, I'm, I'm saying this is what matters to me. And I, you know, I'm very careful to say you've got to decide what matters to you. But this is what matters to me. Life is what you make of it. But I think for a lot of people letting go of that idea, well, this life is, you know, when I die, I'm, it's going to be even better. Um, that's a hard one to let go of. Well, I really do appreciate you coming on here and chatting with us. Just to start wrapping things up, did you have anything else that uh, you'd like to add before we close for tonight? Well, again, thanks for having me. I like this um, informal atmosphere. I, I I may have rambled too much, and I apologize for that. Not at all. And it was really nice to hear more about your background. I and mean, we so often see people on Twitter, and we really don't know who's behind the, the accounts. And so it's actually really refreshing to hear the voice and the story behind everything. So really appreciate you coming out here and, and chatting with us. Hopefully this recorded. That's my my one hope. Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't record, we will have you back. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I, I'm glad to be able to share with you tonight. Yeah, of course. Enjoy your evening, everyone. And hopefully you all will have a wonderful Friday. Good night, everyone. Right. Good night. Thank you. Husband. Wife. Do you know what today is? Well, it's either... Whenever we release it, it's either going to be late on a Saturday or early on a Sunday. Either way, we're late. We're late. For? Q&A Saturday. Maybe. That's happening late or early on Sunday. Yeah, one of those two. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. I suppose it depends on what part of the world you're in, too. Some places it's probably already Sunday. Oh, shit. Sorry, Sunday. Some places, there's still a little bit more time. Mm -hmm, Either mm -hmm. way, you know, it's late. It's late. And that happened. That did happen. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, but we have our kid graduating from high school today. Well, tomorrow, today, when this comes Sunday. out, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So we had a lot of shit come up. Yeah. And so we apologize. Not so much apologize. Kind of apologize. But we apologize maybe. Kind of, sort of. I mean, we acknowledge that we failed. We failed. We did fail-ish. We, we failed to plan accordingly. We that had, we did fail at. We had too many things and, and some we thought things... we could do it all, but we can't. We're not superhuman. Oh, I forgot. Fuck. I, I hate it when I forget that I'm not superhuman. I'm always doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, while we're rambling on about just bullshit, mm-hmm. I did want to mention that. So we got off to a really great start with our fundraiser for the live equipment that we need for um, the uh, the live event we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, we kind of went dry on that. Like mm. We had... We got we got five percent of the total amount that first day, and then nothing. Hey guys, so if come you haven't if you haven't donated yet, 
definitely, you know, like I said, any amount helps. Every little bit helps. Um, just text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53555 um, and, you know, help us get what we need for our live event. Please. It would be great, and we would really appreciate it. We'd so, be ever so grateful. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so today I think we're doing something a little special. We are, we are. We didn't have a specific Q and A because we're in the middle of Psalms, and they are what they are. Right. And so, but we came across a subject that really piqued your interest. Well, sort I, of roundabout way. I had been saying I was interested in uh, learning a little bit more about Lilith. Yeah. And what the fuck that was. And who she is and what she be. Right. And I don't think it was even in the psalm. It was It just was something that got touched on in a, like. In a, a note. In a note about the psalm. And I was like, boom, there it is. Okay. Yeah, so so that's we're learning. Q&A. We're learning about Lilith today. It's Lilith. It's an intro to Lilith. Intro to Lilith? Yeah. She's like uh, too big to I cover. I feel like if you say Lilith too many times, you might oh. like stop fucking it. You might start fucking it up. Um, Kind of like if you look in Lilith. the. Look in the mirror and you say Bloody Mary too many times. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, yeah, whatever. Urban myth. Right. Yeah. Okay. I recommend we all do that tonight. <gasps> bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> the Mothman's coming to get you. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. All right. So we're going to be doing a Q&A on Lilith. Are you ready sure. to get into this? Yes. Let's do it. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okay, so let us do this intro to Lilith. Intro like to Lilith. Lilith 101 okay. kind of thing. Yeah. So there could easily be another Lilith. at some point. Yeah. Lilith like um, 102. Or 201. 201. Yeah, right. However that works. Sure. 101, 201, 301. Isn't that how that works? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do 101, 102, and 103. Lilith the second coming. <laughs> More Lilith. <laughs> yeah. So Lilith is not really in the Bible, except for in one place maybe that I will mention in a minute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But first of all, she is a female demonic figure of Mesopotamian mythology mm. and eventually became a part of Jewish folklore. Okay. And her name and personality are thought to be derived from the class of Mesopotamian wind and storm demons okay. called Lilu. Lilu, Lilu. Got it. Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and the feminine of the Lilu would be Lilitu. Okay. Okay. And that um, was around circa 3000 BCE in Sumer. Wow. Sumerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the name Lilith is usually translated as night monster. Huh. The Lilithu, these storm demons, yeah. were said to prey upon children and women and were described as associated with lions, storms, the desert, illness, disease, and death. Wow. They Listen don't have a good this. reputation there. No, they are not. And that's why we'll get into that a little bit more. No but wonder Adam why. was like, fuck this shit. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> No, you would have been so lucky. Oh, okay, okay. okay? All right. So early portrayals of the Lilithu are known as having bird talons for feet and wings, which makes me think of harpies. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which that's, you know, a 
Greek origin. Right. So you can see how these stories all just kind of like blend into each other. Right. Yeah. Um, she is also later associated with sexual temptation. Right. I mean, that's, obviously. Right. We Everything all, has to do with a man's wiener. Obvi- we all know that. Duh. Yeah. And that's where uh, the whole world revolves around, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I figured. Babylonian texts depict Lilith as the prostitute of the goddess Ishtar. Oh. So she makes early appearances in the Gilgamesh stories. Okay. But not oh. necessarily in the name um, Lilith. That's interesting because Gilgamesh doesn't, isn't that like where. The, the original Jesus like stories well originally. and like the original flood story and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff come mm-hmm. from yeah. a lot a lot of the early stories um come from or spun off of um Gilgamesh got it yes got it. absolutely okay similarly older Sumerian accounts state that Lilith is called a handmaiden of Inanna and I would have to do a lot more research that direction because i'm not even familiar with the name anana i am not either but she's another so that's for for lilith Mm 2.0 yeah exactly just that's a name tuck that away in your little brain hole and we will maybe speak on her another day yeah okay okay lilith's name is not included in the creation story of the torah aside from the debatable translation of one stray reference comparing her to a screech owl Hmm. but as i said that translation is extremely questionable got it okay she does appear in several midrash texts though remember the midrash is writings about the torah right right so she's not in the torah but she is in a lot of these early tales and the folklore got carried on to them writing about the Torah and these other tales. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when I find out about these, like, things that are Bible adjacent. Yes. You know, like, it's yes. very, it's weird how how it's such a part of the overall culture of mm-hmm. that religious thinking, but, mm-hmm. like, not actually in it. Right, so. right. So, like, we all know about Lilith, but... She's not really in the Bible. Right. So. Not a lot of people know why they know a lot about. Right. Or why they know of Lilith. Right. Right. Other than, as you pointed out, um, off recording Lilith Fair. Sure. Because she has come to be known as a very feminist icon, which I'll get into in a little bit. Okay. So let's talk about Lilith's origins as she is most renowned today. Okay. One story of Lilith's origin began with the biblical reference to man's first creation as a bisexual being. Male and female, he, God, created them the first human. Interesting. So, yeah, this we had a pastor who had studied this a lot. Yeah. That um, he kind of subscribed to this early theory of man and woman being one combined being. Yeah, no, I remember him talking about that. He was talking about... the. Basically had two faces and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some early rabbis thought this image was somewhat similar to what Aristophanes proposed. A dual-bodied being later divided into two who must thereafter seek each other out. Hmm. And that's where the idea of the soulmate comes from because you have found your quote-unquote other half. Got it. And that is a great, beautiful story for heterosexual relationships sure (laughs) (laughs) but others tried to take into account the later creation of eve detailed further on in the text 
if woman was created from Adam after his initial creation, what happened to the fe female created at first? Sure. Right? Yeah. The answer, according to the Midrash, was that she was Lilith. Okay? Okay. She was created with Adam, and she refused to comply with Adam's demand that she submit herself to him. And we'll talk about what that means in a bit. Okay. And in the end, she fled from him by using the ineffable name. Oh. God's secret private magic name. It's like an escape hatch for, yeah. for the world? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She pulled that plug and was like, bye. Damn. Yeah. How how did she have this knowledge, but Adam didn't? They both did. They they had it because they had it. Did did God take this knowledge away from Adam, or he just he, or he had just a, never used it? He didn't need to have it. Okay. He had everything except for Lilith. Got it. But Got it. he did then complain to God about his loneliness, and so that's why the creation of Eve followed, together with the fall and the expulsion from Eden. Now, Adam, blaming their situation on Eve, he's like, God damn it, bitch. First one left me, and you couldn't even stop eating apples all That's day. That's bullshit. He was right there. According to the text, the Bible yes. that we were reading. He was standing right there. He was right there. And anyway, we argued about this early on because we were like, hang on a sec. Eve was not specifically there when God was delivering the, you can eat everything except those, right. the fruit of those trees. And how much do we trust a man to deliver that message Either at all or at the very least correctly if right, they did mention right. it and to her. They never followed up to say that God covered it with Eve too. So yeah. you know. And I'm sorry, but man who I have been married to more than once <laughs> cannot find the fucking butter in the fridge. So, you know, if it ain't on the top shelf, he's like, Do we have any? Honey, we're out of honey, did you buy more? Boo 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 boo. Because, you know, man doesn't know how to move shit around and look behind or on the bottom. Guilty. So yeah. Yeah, you are. I know. I just I know. said I was. You have done it more than once. I'm aware of that. Yeah. And so I do not trust man to deliver this message accurately, if at all. <laughs> so anyway, he's blaming their situation on Eve. And so he separated from her and for a time reunited with Lilith before finally returning what? to Eve. Yeah. Yeah. He, he cheated went, on Eve with Lilith? They weren't like quote unquote married per well, se. But come on now. In this story, right? He is like, bitch left me because she wouldn't submit to me. And so now I'm lonely. So give me another woman. God gave him Eve. And so, you know, they are together, but then Eve fucks up. And so they get kicked out. And he's like, God damn it. Lilith, can you believe this bitch over here? And she's like, I know, honey. And what so an they got asshole. back together. What an asshole. So. Lilith bore Adam a number of children in that interval oh. who became the demons. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Now, after Adam's reconciliation with Eve, Lilith assumed the queenship of those demons. And in some versions, she is either the consort of Samael or in others, she remains unpartnered and Samael is one of her children. Okay. So, okay. who knows? Yeah. As queen of the demons, she kills babies in their cribs. And that's the explanation early on for SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Got it. Like they attributed that to Lilith. Got it. But only in the first days of their life. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Sure. Her greatest opportunity. Oh, no, I'm going to talk about it right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Her greatest opportunity is with infant boys before their circumcision on the eighth day after they're born. Okay. So they get born and then, you know. They, they go eight days and then they get circumcised. Yeah. And 
she's like, I got eight days to try to get this baby. Mm. I'm going to kill it. What happens if it dies on the ninth day? Then that's not her fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to that, she still produces children according to a much later Kabbalistic elaboration. Remember, we learned about Kabbalah a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So there are some stories that say that um, she's still producing children. Demons. Okay. Yeah. Right. And these demons are the children of men as her original offspring were the children of Adam. Lilith being impregnated by the semen produced by masturbation and nocturnal emissions. Oh, damn. She must have a lot of kids. She's a humper. Fuck. Yeah, we'll get into how many kids she has, like, all the time. Yeah. Okay? This is why the Bible doesn't want you to masturbate, huh? Yes. You're just creating little demons all over the place. That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. So, that's one story, okay? Sure, sure. Then there's another story, and it's very similar, Okay. Another story of Lilith's origin says that God created man and woman in his own image on the sixth day, Mm -hmm. giving them charge over the world, but Eve was not yet there. Remember? Yeah. This was just Adam at first, right? right? God had set Adam to name every bird, beast, and other living thing. This would have taken for fucking ever. Well, not back then. There wasn't a lot alive. But I mean, so what? He didn't make everything at first? No. They weren't all there yet. God still did work after the seven days? Evolution wasn't there yet. Remember, incest, so evolution. remember oh. incest was okay because germs didn't exist yet. <laughs> That's what somebody said on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. So I'm just, I'm just taking that and I'm running with it. Uh, and sex with everything was fine to the point that, listen to this. Uh-huh, I'm listening. When those animals passed before him in pairs, male and female, Adam, being already like a 20-year-old man, felt jealous of their love. And though he tried coupling with each female creature. Damn bestiality. He found no satisfaction in the act. Well, I know. can't get no satisfaction in fucking goat, an owl you know? or a goat or a horse right. or a cow yeah. or a pig. Yeah. yeah. He therefore cried, every creature has a proper mate, yet man alone. <laughs> and he prayed God would remedy this injustice. Yeah. So God then formed Lilith, the first woman, just as he had formed Adam, except that Instead of just pure dust, he also used a bit of filth and sediment because, of, of course. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because women are disgusting and sure. they're made of trash. Yeah. Right? So, in the first one, they were created at the same time as as a creature that was, like, torn in two. And in the second, he was created first and she was created second, but they were still made of the same thing, kind of, sort of. I feel like there's, like, a million different versions of the... the creation mm-hmm. story there are so there are and i'm only getting into a couple of them sure here. sure okay so from adam's union with the demoness lilith and with another like her named naama sprang asmodeus and innumerable demons that still plague mankind oh no yeah oh, yeah no. many generations later lilith and naama come to solomon's judgment seat disguised as harlots of jerusalem hmm Yeah, so they were there. Okay, Okay. yeah. Now, Adam and Lilith never found peace together, for when he wished to lie with her, she took offense at the recumbent position he demanded. (laughs) He's like, bitch, get down. And she was like, "Uh, so no. Right. Uh, I've heard this kind of before. Yeah, like a few times, but not like every time. She's like, we're equals. Why do I have to? And he's like, but you were made of trash, too. And she's like, but I'm not, though. Right. So she's like, why must I lie beneath you? I also was made from dust and am therefore your equal. Yeah. And 
anyway, I don't really understand like what man doesn't want to be mounted occasionally, but <laughs> okay, whatever. I, I don't yeah. claim to know what men want, whatever. So anyway, because Adam tried to compel her obedience by force, oh, which I think is another way of saying he fucking tried to rape her or yeah. did rape her, right? right like, right. let's say it what it is. Sure. When you take someone by force. Yeah, that's like, called rape. That's called rape. Right. Yeah. Lilith, in a rage, a rightful rage, I, as a human being, would add yeah. a rightful rage, uttered the ineffable name of God, rose into the air, and left him. She's like, fuck this, I'm out. Damn. I don't truck with rape. Right. And Adam then complained to God, I've been deserted by my helpmeet. Why? And of course, God, or Adam probably didn't get chastised for, you know, raping Lilith. He doesn't come off looking so pretty, but he also doesn't get chastised. Right, You know. right. So God at once sent three angels named Sanoi, Sansanoi, and Samingaloth uh-huh. To fetch Lilith back. Oh, okay? damn. Yeah. And the angels found the demoness beside the Red Sea, okay. which was a region naturally abounding in lascivious demons. Oh, because, of yeah, course, right. that's what happens at the Red Sea. Sure. Right? And to these lascivious demons, she bore Lilim, or demons, uh-huh. at the rate of more than 100 per day. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking pussy machine gun. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, suddenly I'm like, oh, this bitch ain't human. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and so these angels were like, bitch, you need to return to Adam without delay or we will fucking drown you. Mm. She asked, how can I return to Adam and live like an honest housewife after my stay beside the Red Sea? <laughs> She's like, I'm getting everything I need right here. Thank you. Right. No thanks. Yeah. She's like, I get to fuck on top, on the bottom, upside down, left and right, and I get to have all these fucking babies. Right. Get the fuck out of here. I don't need Adam. Right. So they're like, it's going to be your death to refuse. Okay. She says, how can I die when God has ordered me to take charge of all newborn children? Okay. Boys up to the eighth day of life, which is that of circumcision, and girls up to the 20th day. Okay. So I've got eight days to kill a boy or 20 days to kill a girl. Got it. Nonetheless, because you're up here in my face, if I ever see your three names or similar likenesses displayed on an amulet above a newborn child, I promise to spare it. And so after promising to spare them, if she sees those names for, for years after this whole story came into prominence yeah um even sometimes today you will still see the names of those angels on amulets that are hanging above babies' cribs or given to children to protect them interesting so they agreed to this but god punished lilith by making 100 of her demon children perish daily and if she could not destroy a human infant because of the angelic amulet she would spitefully turn against her own Oh. So she is not just associated with lust and, you know, going after men and stealing their sperm. She's also associated with um, taking children, killing children. Right. Having children, like, by the handfuls. Yeah. And then some. Right. Yeah. So the children of Lilith are sometimes, we're moving on to a different story now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the children of Lilith are sometimes identified as incubi and succubi. 
I think we all know what those are, but just in case you aren't aware, sure. an incubus is a demon in male form that seeks to have sexual intercourse with sleeping women, and the corresponding spirit in female form is called a succubus. Got it. Okay, and she has been referred to as a succubus in various other stories um, because she, you know, tries to fuck sleeping men. Right. And, of course, these um, succubus and incubus, they only fuck the opposite sex. Homosexuality is not (laughs) even a thing in this world of magic and and demons. Yeah, right. Okay. Imagine if they, like, got their hands on that, how bad they could make it. But they didn't even imagine such a thing. right? Right, right. So in medieval Europe, union with an incubus was thought by some to result in the birth of witches, demons, and deformed human offspring. Hmm. And the legendary magician Merlin, like from the Arthur stories, Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, like Scalibur, all of that, right? Right. Um, Merlin was said to have been fathered by an incubus. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Which, off topic, the movie Excalibur... Is one of the best Arthur movies ever, and you should totally see it if you haven't. And I don't think you have, and I keep trying to make you watch no, it. because the best one is Monty Python and the Quest of the okay, Holy Grail. the best comedy one, yes. I totally <laughs> agree with you. But the movie Excalibur is just so great. Like, it, it gets into the whole mythology of the sword, and, I mean, he throws it to the Lady of the Lake at the end, and the music at that scene is just so fantastic and like you see um the dead arthur pendragon carried away in a burning pyre and you see the the druids um of avalon basically like they'll come again another day kind of like jesus you know like they're waiting for him to return and it's just such a good movie sure such a good movie just in case anyone's wondering though Mm -hmm. we could use some shrubbery here at our new house what shrubbery Just a nice shrubbery, you know? Why do we need a nice shrubbery? Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, wait. Is this a Monty Python reference? And I'm, like, so caught up in Excalibur that I'm, like, what? Yes. Okay. The knights who say knee. The knights who say knee. You're right. The knights who say knee. Right. Yeah, those knights. Right. Yes. Okay. But, okay, you should definitely see Monty Python, but you should also see Excalibur. Right. good. So good. Mm -hmm. Okay. The word incubus is derived from the Latin incubus for nightmare and incubare to lie upon, weigh upon, or brood. Got it. And I don't think that they mean brood like the way Batman is a broody motherfucker. (laughs) I think they mean brood as in like having a million babies. Sure. Like a rabbit's brood. Got it. You know what I mean? Got it. So in modern psychological usage, the term has been applied to the type of nightmare that gives one the feeling of a heavy weight or oppression on the chest and stomach, which now we know that that's more likely associated with sleep apnea. Or sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis, which again is probably associated with sleep apnea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not being able to get enough oxygen while you're sleeping. Sure. And so um, a lot of people will like imagine... Um, a witch or hag-like figure at the foot of their bed or sitting on their chest. Right. And so because this is so common throughout history, this breathing condition during sleep, they didn't realize that, no, that thing that you're imagining and hallucinating is not lack of oxygen. Obviously, it's a witch. Obviously, she's trying to steal your semen 
if you're a man and who knows what she's doing to you if you're a woman. Right. And she is clearly a, a succubus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's just what it is. Right. Okay. So early rabbinic sources were content to see Lilith as the archetype of the bad woman. Sure. I mean, I mean that's... we're always looking for that scapegoat who's not a goat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody's got to bear the brunt of evil. It can't be a man. It can't always be a goat. It's got to be a woman. Right. Right? There was a cult associated with Lilith that survived as late as the 7th century. Oh. And... Yeah, I just thought that was amazing. Honestly, I would have thought that it lasted even longer because humans are so fucking stupid and gullible and <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But no, up through the 7th century, they follow, you know, kind of like um, how there are like satanic tribes and they like, sure. you know, go Satan or whatever, hail Satan. Right. They were like, hail Lilith. Got it. Okay. Due to Lilith's supposed independence from Adam... She's been called the world's first feminist. Yeah. Hence which, Lilith Fair. Yeah. And that's where Lilith Fair comes from, which right. is a gathering of contemporary um, women singers. And so great. Such a great gathering of artists. Yeah. Um, I, I know I've got a couple playlists that are from Lilith Fair live events that are just brilliant moreover great branding for that type of an event yes absolutely yeah. absolutely um so modern feminists especially jewish feminists have tried to show her as the ideal woman instead of as you know the trash woman or yeah. the bad woman right yeah and they draw particularly on her spurning of adam's attempted dominance again let's call it what it is rape yeah. And she was like, absolutely not, bitch, bye. Well, and to be fair, God made them both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. who's to say who was right? Exactly. Lil, Lil just ran away. Yeah. So. Yeah. So another thing that's cool is that um, I was trying to find if there, if it's still in existence today. I don't think it's run anymore, but there was a Jewish magazine for women by women about women called Lilith. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And. I would love to see that come back and make a resurgence, but, yeah. you know, good luck. Right. Because men are trash. Um, if it sounds like I come across as a man hater, um, I, I kind of am. But <laughs> I don't apologize for it. And if it's not for you, I get it. But also, like, okay, the biggest sign of being a boomer is that if i say ugh boomers and you're like not all people are boomers i hate it when you call me a boomer because blah, blah. and like there are people that are like ugh i hate it when you call me a karen because blah, blah. and i'm like you don't have to be quote unquote a boomer if you happen to fall into that age range right and you don't have to be a karen if your name is karen and you don't have to be a piece of shit man if I talk about men are trash. Right. Like right. we understand not all boomers, not all Karens and not all men. Right. That is obvious. So yes, I'm a man hater because men are trash. Sure. I'm not asking prove me wrong. Th that's not what my tirade is about. And that's not a challenge. That is where I stand. But Yes, I know many lovely men, my husband among them. Yay. So, there you have it. Mm -hmm. That is Lilith 
That 101. was Lilith 101. Mm-hmm. All right. So much more I could have gone with. I mean, vampires. Vampires. Vampires? I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Lilith. First vampire. Okay. Go. I'm not even sure that I'm going to call this episode, you know, Q&A. I'm just it gonna it call wasn't. It. It's Lilith. Lilith 101. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Lilith. Yeah, I mean, I put you on a cliffhanger so that maybe we can do another well, of course. Lilith yeah. eventually, like 201. It would be fun. It'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got our kids' graduation Sunday today mm-hmm. for most of you probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be back on Monday with... Oh, I caught, I caught wife off guard here. But <laughs> the, whatever the newest say, Psalms are, which... I want to say is Psalms 31, 32, 33. No, I don't think we're that far yet. Aren't we? Aren't no, we? No, Let me no. see. Hold on. I'm no, almost positive. I'm, I'm almost positive we're not that no, far. No, we are. We are. We are? Yeah. We did 28, 29, 30 last time. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. We're at 31, 32, 33. Okay. Who wants to say sorry, trash man? Uh, I don't, anybody? You. Anybody? You. Sorry. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you know what we're doing? We're doing a long overdue Patreon special. We sure as fuck are. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to delve into something that a lot of people might be interested in because we did talk about some of this on a previous episode. Because mm-hmm. we, we, wanted... we didn't have a Q&A really, so we had to go into some other shit. Yeah, and we wanted to rabbit hole this. Yeah. And so guess what? I'm rabbit holing today. What are we rabbit holing? The seven laws of Noah. Oh, exciting yeah i'm very curious about this i am so excited and interested and and there's some controversy oh it's it's good stuff stuff? you're gonna want to hear it okay well if you are not a patreon member this is it this is all you get Ooh, it sucks to be you guys honestly you should really sign up because this is a good end yeah just two dollars a month gets you access to these episodes early access to episodes and ad free so if you hop over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse, you can sign up right now for as low as $2 a month and get the rest of this episode. And I highly recommend it because this is a good end. I also highly recommend it. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go get into the seven laws of uh, Noah. Noah. All right. Let's do this. Okie dokie. Okay, so we are going to talk about the seven laws of Noah. Okay. But I got to ask you a question first. Sure. Do you know what Mosaic law is? I do not, but I'm assuming it's something to do with Moses. Right? I had to look it up because I was like, I know what mosaics are. <laughs> right. Like when you make art out of like stones that right, are gathered yeah. together yeah. or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And so I kept reading it going, what the fuck is mosaic? Like it, it didn't dawn on me, but... Um, Noah, the seven laws of Noah are also referred to as the Noahide laws or the Noachian Noachian laws. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you will hear me refer to the Noahide laws further on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But all of that is the same. The seven laws of Noah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And they're a set of. Wait, wait. What did this have to do with the Mosaic laws? We're going to talk about those as well. Okay. All right. Do you know what the Mosaic laws are? The Moses shit. The Moses shit. Yeah. I the, mean, that's what I just Ten said. The Ten Commandments. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about those in a minute, too. Well, you just kind of left it hanging out there. I was like, what? you brought it up, and then you just kind of ditched it. I'm like, what What are you talking about? Well, because um, we have Mosaic versus Noahide. Okay. And So 
the Ten Commandments versus Noah's Laws. Yes. Okay. Kind of versus. Okay. Sometimes versus. Yeah, sure. Okay. So Noah's Laws, the seven ones, they're, they're a set of universal moral laws, which according to the Talmud were given by God as a covenant with Noah and with the sons of Noah. And the oh. sons of Noah is in quotations. Okay. Because that refers to all of humanity. Right. So not just like his Because kids. that was still back when we were talking in grandiose, you know, tribes and peoples and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. And, you know, how we're all supposed to descend from Noah's right. people. Yeah. So um, when, when I refer to Noahide laws, that is a set of rules that applies to all of humanity, not just Jews. Okay. Okay. Yep. So here are the seven laws. Ready? I'm ready. They include, number one, prohibitions against worshiping idols. I'm pretty sure that is like one of the Ten Commandments. The yeah. first one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, number two is cursing God, which I think taking sure, his that... name in vain is one right. too, right? Yeah. Yep. Number three is murder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's also in there one. also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adultery and sexual immorality is number four. Right. I think that one's in there. I'm pretty sure that one's on there. Yeah. Number five, theft. Right. I think that's on there. I, I believe you're right. Yeah. Number six is eating flesh torn from a living animal. Okay. I don't think that's on there. But like, do they mean? So I mean, you can cook it though, right? Just like it doesn't specify. It just like says, if you cut it away, is it okay? But it's just the tearing action. <laughs> what is it? I, what is it exactly? I, I don't know. It didn't get into that. Okay. All right. You were if you were a Jew, you'd know. I guess. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. And number seven is the obligation to establish courts of justice. Wow, that's a law. Like that's out of out of nowhere, right? right? Like, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. It seems a little like uh, early because, like, mm-hmm. you're talking to Noah. You just killed everybody. Yeah. Who are you setting up courts of law for, and who's running them? Basically, you're running. You're gonna what? Judge your own kids, or and their kids wives. are gonna judge you. You're. Kids, their wives, and their kids. So you're right. Noah's grandsons, okay, and granddaughters. But you gotta have you gotta have laws, courts of law, courts of law. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which I found interesting because remember, um, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. However, um, it was Moses's what father-in-law or something that suggested that Moses set up yeah. some courts. Right. So right. it's interesting that this is specifically one of Noah's seven laws. But is not one of mo- blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, Moses's. Sorry, sometimes I stutter. I can't help it, <laughs> but I can laugh at myself. Right, so. right, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I just found that very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that's what those are. Okay, okay? but yeah. let's talk about that some more. Okay, sure. About the differences, yeah, and the what's and the hows. Right. Okay. So the Book of Jubilees, it, it's it's a book. It's a book. Um, generally dated to the first century BCE. Okay. It may include a substantially different list of six commandments. Oh. Okay. Okay. One is to observe righteousness. Two is to cover the shame of their flesh, meaning don't be nakies. Okay. Number three is to bless their creator. Number four is to honor their parents. That was one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. Number five is to love their neighbor, another of the Ten Commandments. But not too hard. No, don't love them too much. (laughs) And number six is to guard against fornication, uncleanness, and all iniquity. 
Okay. Don't be gross, I guess. Don't have sex? Don't say things like pussy. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, so so that's a thing. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Now, listen to this. This I'm is listening. so cool. Ready? Yep. The Nokian and the Mosaic Laws, so the Noahide and the Mosaic Laws, right. though differing in matters of detail, agree in the general matters, and they both existed at the same time. Okay. Okay? Yep. But we're going to get into some shit here. Got it. Okay. okay. While the Mosaic Law existed in Israel, all the other nations had the Noachian Law. Hmm. Okay. And the difference was due to geographical diversity, Palestine being different from the other lands, and to national diversity due to differences in ancestry. Okay. Because remember we talked about how, like, there were Jews from different nations yeah, yeah, and how no, it was so like, really confusing. Is, right. And the Moses line is just one sect of, yeah. of Judaism, basically. Mm-hmm. And they did differ in how they worship and how they do things. They so. did very much. And what one considered idol worship, another considered as going back to their roots. Right. Right. So this gets into that more. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah. Some rabbis argued that after the giving of the Torah, the Jewish people were no longer included in the category of the sons of Noah. Hmm. Okay. So it was like they say that like Moses's law, the Torah, um, superseded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That it kind of like how Christians say that the New Testament and Jesus supersedes all. Got it. So it's like every time there's a new thing added, whoever goes along with the new stuff Decides that the old stuff no longer applies. I feel like religions like to throw shit out all the time. They're like, they you do. know what? This shit didn't work. And let's start over again. Yep. And and they say that it's a new pact. Sure. With the new entity. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? I'm Sure. You you guys go with that. Well, I mean, that's what the Moesic people are saying. And that's what the Christians are saying. Right. We have a new deal with God now. No, I know. I know. I, I get it. But like, why did it take God so long to... I mean, God's to supposed to be deals. God, right? Why is he making new deals yeah, all the time? Yeah, why has he got to make new deals? Why he wasn't was, the original deal the best deal? I thought he was forever. Right? I thought he never changed his mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. That it's the people that changed. No, I, I got it. I got okay. it. Yep. So do you remember when, um, actually during our last Q&A, I talked about May Maimonides? Not off the top of my head. Okay. He was a Jewish early historian. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. A uh, okay. scholar, yeah. rabbi, um, person that studied this stuff. Right. Like, he is somebody that we, we quote often at this point. Right. Okay. I gotcha. So, um, Maimonides indicates that the seven commandments are also part of the Torah. So, he's like, you noobs that are trying to say... That it's just Mosaic Law? Now? Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, absolutely not. Right. We got to go by, by it all. Noah is in the Torah. And the things that God said to Noah are in the Torah. Therefore, it's part of the fucking Torah. Right. You dumbasses. Right. Sorry if that's offensive to anybody. I'm just trying to summarize what he's saying. Right. No, I got you. Okay. Most medieval Jewish authorities consider that all the seven commandments were given to Adam. Oh, Okay. So, so that Adam would, knew all the seven commandments then, I guess. So that would... Including the set of courts? I have no idea. Okay. Again, I, I don't know. seems like the wrong crowd to tell that to, but hey. Right. Or lack of crowd to right. tell that to. Yeah. But like, whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just 
Telling you what the research says. I know right? if you told me 20 years ago to set up courts and it was just me and you. Yeah. Before, like, you know. What's a court and why? Right. Like, what's, yeah. Who's going to be the jury of our fucking peers? Right. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Right? I, I found you not guilty, right? husband. Oh, yeah. Me too. I found you not guilty as well. Oh, thank oh, goodness. Good. Go us. Woohoo! We're not yeah. guilty. All right. According to many views, the seven laws originally given to Noah were given yet again through Moses at Sinai. So, you know, it's the same basic rules, right? Sure, sure. And it's exclusively through the giving of the Torah that the seven laws derive their current force. So, so we've got Maimonides who's saying, yeah, they're the same fucking thing. The new stuff is just reinforcing the old. But then we've got other people that are like, no, 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 the new supersedes the old out with the old and with the new now i have a question what Mm -hmm. what where did the seven laws come from i don't recall reading about them in the bible they weren't like and here are seven laws but they they were things that were listed they were it it wasn't like a specific number one is number two is number like it was it was in paragraph form not bulleted list form got it so the this is nothing new like they're not pulling this out of their ass this okay. was stuff that we read but it was way back you know okay all right when god was talking to noah and we don't well i would assume in the in the the complementing books of the torah and judaism there probably is a lot more going over these things oh too. goodness yes and yeah. i'll talk about that a little bit too but okay. but what i'm saying here though is that there's a schism got it okay there's people that are like these are different and there's other people that are like but they're not, though. Right, right. Okay. What has changed with the giving of the Torah is that now it is the duty of the Jewish people to bring the rest of the world to fulfill the seven laws of Noah. Okay. Is what the people that are like, um, it, it's kind of the same. The okay. only difference is that now it's up to us to to like be like Christians and fucking proselytize. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so according to some scholars, Jewish theologians started to rethink the relevance relevance and applicability of the seven laws of Noah during the Middle Ages. Okay. So this was like something that was was carried through all the way to the fucking Middle Ages. Right. Okay. Yeah. Primarily due to the precarious living conditions of the Jewish people under the medieval Christian kingdoms and the Islamic world. Mm. Because both Christians and Muslims recognize the patriarch Abraham as the unifying figure of the Abrahamic tradition. Okay. Alongside the monotheistic con- conception of God. Right. So they're like talking about Abraham. And so um, Jews are trying to like renegotiate where they fit into all of this. Okay. Now that these these new things are coming and they're getting away from the old, right? And not only that, but they're being ruled over by these people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that further created schism, even within the Jewish community itself, as, you know, different Jewish sects could not decide what was important and what wasn't. Right. Jewish theology came to include concepts and frameworks that would permit certain types of non-Jews to be recognized as righteous and deserving of life in the hereafter due to the Noahide laws. Hmm. Okay. okay. But you can only reach a certain level of, yes, you know, yes, of heaven, whatever thing. Right. And that gets into more of what we were talking about last right, time. Right. And that's what they were referring to. I've heard seventh heaven before. Mm-hmm. Like many times. That's. 
it just occurred to me like that that's, that's a what that thing. is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just it just dawned on me just now. Yeah. Seventh heaven. I don't know is... why that just took that long to happen, but <laughs> it did. And I think that's where like cloud nine comes from. Right. As well. Those are the special ones. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, the glory ones. Right, yeah. The, the glory hole. <laughs> one might say there are two Torahs, one for Jews and the other for the Gentile, quote, children of Noah. Okay. So um, there, there's the Torah that, like, people that are born into Judaism, of Judaism, from Judaism, they read the Torah one way. Yeah. And even if somebody comes into Judaism and converts or whatever, the whole Torah is not necessarily for them. Got it. They're going to have different rules and interpretations. Got it. Because no matter how hard they convert, they're still just... Culturally different. They're still Gentiles. Sure. Even though they're Jewish now, they're Jewish Gentiles. Got it. Got it. So theoretically, the Noahide law should be universal. But its prohibitions against blasphemy and idolatry mean that in practice, it only really applied to non-idolatrous theists. Got it. Okay. Which did not include all. Right. You know, Jewish exactly Because there were some Jewish denominations mm-hmm. that did worship and idols. That's why this was specified. Got it. Okay. So. Yeah. I just found it so, like, in, in our minds... Americans who don't know a lot about the Jewish community as a whole, right? Yeah. Um, in our minds, if you say Jewish, there's a monolith. Jewish is Jewish and everybody else is not Jewish. Right. 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 Yeah. And so in reading this now, we're finding out, oh, shit, it's no. very diverse and, and yeah. multifaceted. So. Yes, very. And they had many different ways of worshiping and applying laws and right. even agreeing on what the laws were. Yeah. Much as christians today do right so i just i found that so interesting yeah so therefore jews normally considered christians and or muslims when discussing this concept because are they being idolatrous or aren't they right who could know right right yep so to reiterate according to the talmud the noahide laws apply to all of humanity okay okay not just jews got it okay yeah the talmud also states Righteous people of all nations have a share in the world to come. Hmm. So remember, there was a place for, well, you're not Jewish, but you're still a really good person. Right, right, right. So right. you get a little piece of the world to come, heaven, yeah, yeah, yeah. paradise. No, and I, I, I mean, as far as religions go, I, I kind of like that idea. I do, too. So. I do, too. Like, we're going to have our special club and we get to be closer to God, but you still get to come to the Garden of Eden. So, you know, yay you. But and, and, and I think I said this in the last episode, but like that was always one of my major hangups is that how can the, you know, unfound tribes that live in the Amazon mm-hmm. know that there's all these different right. religions and they get punished. They get just God yeah. decided that they're ass out based yeah, on it's geography. Bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Now, I don't believe in God, but no. I, but I, but that was... If you're going the to logic, assume though, a God, then how yeah. does that make any fucking sense? Right. That was always my question. How does that apply to those people? Right. It, it doesn't fucking make sense. Like, your religion on its head doesn't make sense. Right. Explain that to me. Yeah. Make it make sense. The math ain't math it. Right, right. Talmudic sages expanded the concept of universal morality within the Noahide laws and added several other laws 
beyond the seven listed in the Talmud, mm. such as. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these are sages such as Maimonides, only this is later on. Okay. Okay. Yep. So they had prohibitions against committing incest. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Prohibitions against cruelty to animals. Well, that's, that's a good nice. one. Like that's that. a good one. Yep. Prohibitions against pairing animals of different species. Remember when, um, um, well, the next one, let me read the next one and then I'll, I'll okay, say what I was going to sure. say. Yeah. Um, prohibitions against grafting trees of different kinds. That one, why? Okay, well, do you remember when um, Moses sent his dudes into... Um, I forget what land it was, but it was and they like couldn't kill the trees. And, yeah, and they were supposed to like leave the trees alone. Right. Don't knock over the trees and leave them yeah, safe yeah. and sacred. Right. That's what that's alluding to. But at the okay, so but grafting a tree, two different trees together can create hybrid trees that create create different fruits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't, don't do I don't that. understand why that's not a Because God created animals and plants exactly perfect as they are. Ah. Okay. And to combine them is blasphemous because you're insulting God and saying that you know better than you're playing God. But nature does this on its own sometimes. So. It does. This is a very anti-science stance, okay. obviously. Right. Yeah. But it it does make sense, though, is what I'm saying, that they would think this. Okay. They, it makes sense that this would be a rule because they kind of alluded to this when they were talking but about it's, just, it's shit like again it's shit like this from the middle ages and the mid, you know early, early and the, times and the bible ages that make no fucking sense right and in in a scientific world that we live in now mm-hmm. and you're supposed to believe that these things were god telling people to do this essentially right so it just it 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 does not help bolster their case no it doesn't it's really not good right for them um, I have a few more okay. prohibitions. Yeah. Okay. There were prohibitions against castration, emasculation, homosexuality, pederastry, which I don't know what that is. You didn't look it up? Oh, you know what? I'm going to guess it's um, uh, pedo stuff. Ped- how, do you, how do you spell that? P-E-D-E-R-A-S-T-Y. Okay. Pederasty. Uh, sexual activity involving a man and a boy or youth. See, so right. yeah, yeah, being don't be a pedo. I yep. can get down with that, but right. keep your castration, emasculation, and homosexuality like fuck you. So they're going like full on evangelical Christian here, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. And then sorcery was another Sort one. I, Yeah, I hate it when people use sorcery. That shit's it's don't never be good. don't be doing magic. Yeah, that's don't, only God. You know can what? Do that's magic. a rule in this house. We can't use any sorcery in this house. Actually, I mean, if I could, I would. <laughs> if I could I would? Some sages went so far as to make a list of 30 laws. So wow. the ones that I named were just nine that were not, that, that are separate It sounds from... to me like they just made lists of shit that they didn't want people to do. Mm-hmm. They're like, this to me is bad, so me no don't likey. do it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then we get to the or else what, or, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I always love me a good or else. You got to have an or else, right? Right. Like that's my first question when somebody's like, oh, you can't walk on the grass. And I'm always like. Or else. Right. Because if the or else is somebody will be real, real mad. That's just not. Not a, a very good. That's not a good enough or else. Right, I yeah. don't give a fuck. Right. You know, if I need to get to a gate and somebody's lawn is in my way, I'm not going to on purpose trample their grass. But I'm also going to ignore the signs if I need to go there. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. It. 
Okay, that's probably a bad example, but I'm just saying, like, there are times when rules are stupid and don't apply. Right. That's more of a request from a neighbor. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, like, if it was a, if it was a, let's just say it was a park and it says don't mm-hmm. walk on grass. Yeah. I'm, you know, that's, that's a little, you're not hurting an individual at that point. So, right. You know what I mean? Right. But there might be good reasons still. They might be seeding the grass. Okay. So they might be doing I something, hear so. what you're saying. I'm just saying, like. I don't believe in rules just for the sake of following no, rules. No, I get you. And I don't believe in bullshit rules. But I also don't, I don't personally believe in breaking rules just to break rules. No, and I don't, and I wouldn't, but I'm not going to follow one blindly. Right, right. Like if you're sitting at a red light for 20 minutes and you're in the country and you can see in every direction like 20 miles. And it's obviously broken or something. Yeah, you've been sitting there for 20 fucking minutes and there's no cars. Like, if Just you go. were a rule follower, you would sit there for the next half hour. Right. And I know people who would do that. I've definitely gone through railroad tracks where the, the things have been down before because it was just broken. See, now that one scares me. And I just always assume there's a magic train that I can't <laughs> see. Like, I don't know. Like, I've just seen so many railroad accidents that I'm just like, mm, I mean, I'm so it's scared. not like I zoom through it. I'm like. Looking both ways. And you're, making you're sure. waiting. This is after you've waited 10 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. no train has come. For sure. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know about that one. Because <laughs> because I'm scared of trains. So that's probably not a good example right, for me. Right. Okay. So in practice, Jewish law makes it very difficult to apply the death penalty. Okay. Which is good. Yeah. I like that. Well, I like okay. that. And no record exists. But wait. But they did stone psychics. Mm, they did. Remember? They did. I mean... And, and other... Well, that was that was a rule. Did they do it though? Well, yeah, they talked about it. Did they? Yeah, there was a couple times where they stoned somebody that was like psychic or something like that. Oh, I don't recall. And they still like if you go apparently like if you go to uh, um, Israel today in these days, there's like people that um, you can I, I don't know. There's like symbolic stonings that they do and stuff. Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's like Shirley Jackson's short story, The Lottery. <laughs> oh. Like, I've met more people who haven't read that story, and it really disturbs me. Yeah. So, highly recommend y'all read that story. It's creepy as fuck. Right. Anyway, no record exists of a Gentile having been put to death for violating the seven Noahide laws. Mm. Okay? okay. So, that one doesn't include sorcery. Got it. This is just the Noahide laws. Sure. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Some of the categories of capital punishment recorded in the Talmud are recorded as having never been carried out. Huh. So, so they didn't like wrong. killing. They didn't like killing people. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it was. But like, I could have sworn in the Bible there was. I thought that in they, the OT in the OT there were some instances of them I, stoning people. I thought that they talked about it. Uh, I, think but it I, I think it did happen. Okay, I'll, I'll believe you. I could be wrong. I'll believe you. I could be wrong because my memory is shitty. So right. I'm going to believe you. Okay. The Talmud lists the punishment for blaspheming the ineffable name of God as death. <laughs> And I just have to point out for a minute, the ineffable anything is hilarious if you've seen or read Good Omens right. by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Because um, they talk about the ineffable plan, God's ineffable plan. Right, right. Yeah. Um, if you haven't read the book, you should definitely read it. It's by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, recently deceased. Um, it's an excellent book. If you have not seen the series, I recommend that you go watch it immediately. It is so fucking good. Right. So good. Yeah. We've seen it multiple times. It's our kiddo's favorite and highly recommend. Yeah. Anyways, 
One source indicates that for Noahides convicted of a capital crime, the only sing oh don't forget Noahides doesn't refer to the Jews per se. It refers to all of humanity. Right. So that may be the breakdown there. Okay. okay. All right. So one source indicates that for Noahides convicted of a capital crime, the only sanctioned method of execution is decapitation. <laughs> Considered one of the lightest capital punishments. Mm, okay. Hmm, hmm. I, I consider that light. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Decapitation. Definitely really getting your light. head chopped off. Yeah. I mean, it lightens sure. your load. It, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, just an FYI, Akin, mm-hmm. and he was stoned to death for stealing the spoils of the fall of Jericho. Aiken. Aiken. That's right. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. But there, I think there were other people too, based on what I was reading. Oh, okay. So okay. Just, yeah. See, so I people, said... people were stoned to death. Okay. But these were Jews though. Right. But we're talking about Noahides. Okay, okay. So I see, that's I see. What I just okay, said. okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I wasn't following. Yeah. I'm that's dumb. That's why I made that correction. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. You are dumb. Other sources... You're not dumb. I love you. <laughs> Other sources state that the execution is to be by stoning if he has intercourse with a Jewish betrothed woman or by strangulation Jesus. if the Jewish woman has completed the marriage ceremonies but has not yet consummated the marriage. Okay. Mm, okay. Okay. You that has get her. Get her. That has to be very few and far between that that happened, mm, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, somebody got pissed off because it happened. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> In Jewish law, the only form of blasphemy that is punishable by death is blaspheming the ineffable name. Mm, okay. Of God. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Some Talmudic rabbis held that only those offenses for which a Jew would be executed are forbidden to Gentiles. Hmm. So okay. they're like, if it's bad enough that we would execute our own, y'all know you shouldn't be doing that shit. Right, right. Which makes sense. Yeah. The Talmudic rabbis discuss which offenses and sub-offenses are capital offenses and which are merely forbidden. Yeah. Still today. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are... Lists and sublists and sub sublists and categories and subcategories and sub subcategories, and it goes uh, turtles down forever. Okay? Gotcha. Yeah. Maimonides. Oh, you look an like you were going to say. Yeah. Something? No. An interesting little side note. I just was curious when you were saying that, mm-hmm. but Israel actually abolished the death penalty for murder in 1954. Huh. Um, it stays on the law book for exceptional offenses, um, like crimes relating to the Holocaust and genocide, treason. Um, but they don't generally use it, it looks like. Interesting. So, yeah. So in that sense, they're ahead of the U.S. Right. Nice. Yeah, but they don't, they, I mean, even murder does not get the death penalty in Israel. Interesting. So. Maimonides hmm. states that anyone who does not accept the seven laws is to be executed, period. Mm, okay. okay. Yeah. As God compelled the world to follow these laws. Right. Now, up until what I'm about to say, I thought Maimonides was kind of cool. For a sage, for an old way an back old when guy, yeah, you know, yeah, but he was very firmly anti-abortion even way back then. Got it. He Which considered is it homicide. actually kind of against the um, Talmud. The, yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, he considered it homicide, and he was mistaken. Well, he can piss off. He sure as fuck can. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out apropos of nothing. Right. Um, however, for the other prohibitions, such as the grafting of cheese and bestiality and, you know, you can fuck a cow or whatever, <laughs> he holds that the sons of Noah are not to be executed. Okay. So 
fuck a cow, fine, but don't you dare fuck your boyfriend if you're a boy. Right, right. Right? Yeah. You could get killed, stoned, murdered if you're a homo, but not if you fuck a cow. Right. That is the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever heard. Let's just not kill people. How's that? Let's just not kill people. Like, in general. And also, let's let people fuck whom they want to fuck consensually. Right. Informed consent. Yeah. Let's just not worry about who each other is fucking all the time. Yeah. How about that? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about people's genitals. Right. I'm not either. Let's not worry about how people want to identify as a gender. Right. Let's totally agree. Which, speaking of which, we have been making a concerted effort, husband and I, to really try hard not to assume genders like on Twitter. Yeah. And to just refer to people. We don't always, I don't always succeed. I don't either. I've been trying. But I just thought this was like a really good place to insert that, that y'all should do that too. Right. I think that, I think that the world needs to head to a more gender neutral way of just discussing things in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. because you don't know who you're talking to and you don't know what's going to offend a person. If we just refer to people in general as they, them, mm-hmm. or, you know, in, in non-gender terms terms yeah then we're going to be much better off and with regard to respecting people well let's be honest there's honestly no reason none that we need to gender somebody just in general conversation right whether somebody is a guy or a girl whether somebody has a vagina a penis or some other thing on the spectrum that honestly has no bearing on just a basic conversation. Yeah, and it's it's been hard for me to do. It's been hard for me because too. Because I've got years of untraining to do. Yes. But um, I, I am making an effort, so. I am too. I just, like I said, wanted to put this out there that we're trying. Y'all should try too. It's just the right thing to do. Grow, learn, be better, do better. Yeah. Know better, learn better. Yeah. And yeah. So anyway, um, this universalism that Maimonides offered up Mm -hmm. is lacking from earlier Jewish sources. So earlier Jewish sources were not like, you know, obey these or die or whatever. Right. Like he laid down the blanket, but earlier sources, not so much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Talmud differs from Maimonides in that it considers the seven laws enforceable by Jewish authorities on non-Jews living within a Jewish nation. Okay. So if you choose to live in that Jewish nation, you've got to follow their rules. Got which, it. I mean, that really goes for any land anywhere. Right. Even going into somebody else's and house, you should follow their rules. For the most part, they're mostly just laws. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, like you can't really know the heart of somebody. So aside from the ones that are based on worshiping God, right. the rest of it's just laws that they create. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, according to some opinions, punishment is the same whether the individual transgresses with knowledge of the law or is ignorant of the law. Gotcha. Which, I mean, ignorance of the law, no excuse we hold here in America. Right, right. And I'm not sure I agree with that, although I know that there's a lot of people who would be like, I didn't know, even though they did. I Yeah, I, I suppose it depends on what it is, you know. Yeah. There, there, are, there are definitely, like, you know, when you're, when you, when you, Starts when you speed in a place where you didn't, you've never been before. Yeah, it might be because you legitimately missed that one sign yeah. that you know said, "Hey, slow down." Right now, I'm not saying that you should get out of a ticket for not seeing it. You, you know, you should be paying attention. Right, but 
at the same time, if it was the if the cop was cool and knew, hey, there's only one sign and right, you know, it's around that whatever, it's kind of behind that tree over there. You know, they could be cool and just say, yeah, here's a warning. You know, don't worry, don't do it again. Now you know. Blah, I blah. actually had that happen to me one time. Really. Um, I was going to pick up our kid from their dad's house where they used to live. Yeah. And um, it's in an area that's near a school. And I didn't realize it because yeah. I'm not from that area. I don't know anything about those roads. Right. And there is one sign that says 25. Yeah. And it is hidden by trees. Right. And I was tooling <laughs> along. Like, I wasn't going fast. I was going 35, which is what the roads had been up to that point. Right, right. And he pulled me over and I was like, oh, my God. Because I was, like, already a couple minutes <laughs> right. late to picking up the kid. And I'm, like, real close to their house. And... Um, I'm like, just great. They're going to see me being pulled over by the police. Jesus yeah. Christ, help me. Right. <laughs> and um, the guy was like so nice when I was like, oh, I'm not from here. I don't know. Right. Like, I'm just going to pick up my kid and they live like that road up there. Yeah. Yeah. And he gave me the warning and was very nice. Well, that's good. But having said that, just recently, this was like, I don't know, 10 years ago that that <laughs> happened. Recent, yeah. And okay. just recently... <laughs> Uh, in our new neighborhood where we live, there's a road that is 35 that I swear to God, I thought it was 45. Oh, I know. Shut up. I know. You so did. I was going 47 in a 35 and they have cameras, cameras mm -hmm. and I got busted. Yes, you did. But again, I wasn't trying to speed. No, so, I know. I know. but I mean, ignorance is no excuse. Right? I was speeding. Yeah. I hate that road though. I hate it <laughs> because it should be by all rights 45. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. 45 area. Right. It really is. Yeah. So anyways, I don't know how we got off on speeding tickets. Right, yeah. Ignorance of the law, that's how. Yeah. Okay, so listen to this. During biblical times, a Gentile living in the land of Israel who did not want to convert to Judaism, but who accepted the seven laws of Noah as binding upon himself, was granted the legal status of resident alien who is therefore commonly deemed a righteous Gentile hmm. and is assured of a place in the world to come. Yeah. And that there gets you back into your just be a good person. And yeah. Be yeah. Maimonides held that Gentiles may have a part in the world to come just by observing the seven laws of Noah and accepting them as divinely revealed to Moses. But you had to accept them. Then mm -hmm. that's, that's the part where it comes down to a little, that's a little bit more forceful. Yeah. That's um, a little bit getting in my heart and shit. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, especially if you don't believe in right. that religion. Like, if like, I believed in that, I would convert to that stupid. Right, right, yeah. The fact that I haven't says something. Right. Like, okay, I'll sign the fucking paper, I believe. Yeah, mm, okay, totally great. believe. There yeah, go. there, get off me. <laughs> According to Maimonides, such non-Jews achieve the status of, quote, pious people of the world. And are different from those which solely keep the Noahide laws out of moral or ethical reasoning alone. Okay. So he's addressing what we just said. Right. So right. basically he's like, you can sign the paper all you want, but God knows your heart. Right, and right. you know where you're going to go based on how you behave and what you believe. Sure. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Historically, some more contemporary rabbinic opinions consider non-Jews not only not obliged to adhere to all the remaining laws of the Torah, but is actually forbidden from observing them. Okay. 
because you're not Jewish. Yeah, no, stop I stop trying to be Jewish over there, no, you okay. non-Jew. Yeah, stop it. I'll stop. I'm stopping it. Okay, done. I don't know what other the other Although ones were. Although some of those but... were common sense things, so yeah, don't you know, steal. Whatever. Could I? Could I please not steal? <laughs> <laughs> some modern views hold that penalties are a detail of the Noahide laws, and that Noahides themselves must determine the details of their own laws for themselves. Which sure we do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, yep. Right. And in recent years, the term Noahide has come to refer to non-Jews who strive to live in accord with the seven Noahide laws. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. I, d- I would like to meet one of those people. Right? Like, show me a Noahide. I want to see that person. Yeah. Because I don't understand that in this day and age. Right. Like, you don't have to, like, why would you follow, I, I don't get that. Yeah, like how are you basically living the Jewish life but not being Jewish? Right, that's it's, weird to yeah. me. So. But I mean, maybe as somebody who is married to a Jewish person who is be. practicing okay, and um, the spouse doesn't want to convert but says, I will follow the rules. Okay, all right. I mean, the rules are not that hard to follow, generally I, speaking. I can get on board with that a little bit. They would probably be considered a Noahide. Right. You're not a Jew, clearly. But I bet they don't consider themselves a Noahide. But whether they do or not is irrelevant. They are. Right, right. If you follow this, the seven rules yeah, of Noah. I, I get it. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. That's what you are. Right, right. So. Okay. I mean, for that matter, really, the seven rules, I mean, we kind of follow yeah, them. Yeah, for the most part, I we mean, follow them. I mean, Not like hardcore. I, I have to read them again real quick. Okay, but let's I mean, go back up and, oh, okay. and re- Redo them. Yeah. Um, don't worship idols. Don't do that. Yep. Don't curse God. Oh, uh, we fail on that one. We fail. Yeah. Don't murder. I don't murder. Don't be adulterous. I don't, I'm not adulterous. Don't engage in sexual immorality. I don't engage in sexual immorality. I mean, I used to before I was married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a thief. I am not. Well, I mean, I still I mean, pen from work. Yeah, you say, stole a whole bunch of toilet paper from I work. I did, I did. During the pandemic. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't really We're say thieves. that. I am, yeah, yeah. I'm a thief. Uh, don't eat flesh torn from a living animal. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't that know what means. that means exactly. So, I'd have to know more about that law. And we definitely, definitely eat meat. meat eaters. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And um, you're obligated to establish courts of justice. I don't think... I don't think that we're obligated to establish them, but we do live by them and respect them. Yeah. So, so we'll say we get that well, one. Well, we get that one. But we only, we, we failed on a couple of them at least. We did. Maybe three. Maybe three. Yeah. yeah. So on we're not Noahides. We're definitely not Noahides. We are not Noahides. Y'all. All right. Well, that's settled. Okay. okay. So that was uh, the seven laws of Noah. It sure as fuck was. And now we know. Yeah. And okay. another episode we might do. Eventually, for Patreon, will be um, the various compartments of heaven and hell. and I'm looking forward to that. Same, same. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And uh, we're getting ready to do our book club right now. Yes. But having said that, I would like each of you to tell me, are you a Noahide? Yeah. Which ones Which ones do you and do you not adhere to? Yeah. 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 We'd love to hear back. Um. I'll see if I could talk husband into listing the seven laws of Noah <laughs> so that, you know, you can not have to oh, listen like to this. The, up. In yeah. The, in the comment. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. In, in the Patreon. Sure. Area. Okay. Yeah, what, we'll however that. that works. We can do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So just look in the comments. It should be down there. We'll list them off. 
Yeah. And then, you know, you just let us know which ones you hit and which ones you don't. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> eager to know um, if any of you are murderers, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So anyway. Right. Let's uh, get on out of here. Okie dokie. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end? But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.